0: This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part.
1: Thank you so much. Good morning. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to our show for this Monday morning. And thank you for joining us. Everybody uh, is here today. All our present and accounted for so we're just about to get this well we've already done it we've already gotten this Monday show started we're going to go around the room and uh, share what er- everybody's working on today uh we are going to have a mount rushmore in honor of father's day which was yesterday so Brandon News. you going to drop it on us what's the mount rushmore for today sitcom dads All right, I'll put in uh, an early nomination for Andy Taylor from The Andy Griffith Show.
2: Okay. Father of Opie.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nephew of Aunt B. Boss of Barney.
2: You got anybody in mind? I always kind of tend to go towards Uncle Phil.
3: Yes.
2: From the um, First Prince of Bel Air. Oh, and uh, and Tim Taylor. Okay. Can Tim the, do that? the Tool oh, Man. Oh,
3: oh. How do I, do <laughs> I feel like all of those are really bad. Yeah. Joanna, your turn.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Okay. Oh, oh, I can't do it either.
1: Let's see, sitcom uh, dads. Well, does it have to be? A, could it be a western? Or it needs to be a sitcom.
2: I think it's specifically a okay. sitcom is what we're going for here. Because I thought... Sim- uh, Wait, would Homer Simpson count? Would that be considered... That's a, just an animated sitcom, right? Sure. But do you think Homer Simpson is that great a dad? Um, I would say he makes mistakes, but in the long run, he's definitely... <clears throat> okay. His heart's in the right place? His heart's in the right place, yeah. i me go ahead and say Frank Reynolds. Yeah, still on that always sunny thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. A- anything? i mm, I'm not converted. Oh, wait, did to hear about any of this?
3: No. Buzz when doesn't I be- like
2: it's always sunny in Philadelphia.
3: I don't. I pretend all of you don't like exist when I'm on vacation, mm. so I have no idea what's going on. Well, here. to get you Is caught Trump up to still speed. still president. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure about that.
1: I have that John Bolton interview that he did last night. Recorded, so that's what I'm going to watch this afternoon. Although, to be honest, I don't know like any revelation that would surprise me at this point, almost four years in. There's, there's nothing he could say that is really, your world. Nah, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I look, put it this way: uh, Donald Trump was going to schedule his first big rally. he scheduled it on Juneteenth, on Friday. They came back and said, hey, that's like, you know, an African-American observance. Trump said he'd never heard of it. Nobody in his cabinet or administration had ever heard of it. And then he said, well, I made it famous because nobody had ever heard of it before (laughs) I tried to put my thing on the same day. So what is John Bolton going to tell me that Trump said to the Chinese president that's really going to shock me? After all we've been through. Um, All right, so
2: that is our Mount Rushmore. It's the Mount Rushmore of sitcom dads. Well, but back to what we were saying is so, Nico was trying to get Buzz into It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia last week. Okay. And Buzz just doesn't find it funny and, and, and does not like the show, but I guess every day that they would get together... At Buzz's house, Buzz would be like, "You want to watch that crappy show that you like?" Like he was always asking if Nico wanted to watch it, despite the fact he doesn't like the show. Yeah,
1: and I kept trying to give it a chance.
2: Nothing, that... huh? Although he th- wait, you got to tell Lisa how you were deeply moved by oh, the dance sequence. God, there was one episode where Mac <laughs> comes
1: out to his dad.
2: Was he do? Uh. Uh, it, it,
1: Lisa, do you know the show? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No. Okay. Well, right. So there's one episode where where Mac comes out to his father. His father's in prison, so he does like this dance that's ballet. Uh, And this show is stupid, and it doesn't look like there's much budget, and you know it's super lowbrow. And then he does this most beautiful ballet dance (laughs) with this and and I had never really gotten what dance was supposed to be all about you know I was aware of it but I never really got it as like a moving art form I was so emotionally touched by that dance
3: why Uh,
1: it was beautiful it was just you'd have to see it I mean it's it's the only time I've ever watched any kind of dance you know Nutcracker and ballet and stuff like that and been like
2: he got choked up like at the end of
1: Mrs. Doubtfire Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was so out of place, you know, because like I say, it's a dumb show and it's super low brow. And then they had this like just this stunningly beautiful
2: uh, ballet. I don't know if it's a ballet or not. That's how little I know about dance. Uh, all well, right. See, let's, here's the hold on. Did you ever watch? Did you watch one of the episodes on gun control at all? Because one thing that it's always sunny in Philadelphia does a really good job of is mocking Social commentary and social issues, and kind of pointing out just how ludicrous some of them are. Well, they did blackface too, so. Yeah, but but the the whole (laughs) well, no, but but the thing that you're missing about when they did that is they were mocking how stupid people are who think it's okay. Like that was their whole point behind it. Yeah. And then but with the mm-hmm. but with the gun control, two of them are on one side of everybody needs to own a gun and then two of the other ones are like well nobody should own a gun at all. So the whole episode is them going and trying to fight their side of the issue and then by the end of the episode they think that they now agree because they both flip-flopped. The ones who thought that nobody should have a gun now think that everybody should own a gun and then vice versa. And it just shows you how stupid the arguments on both sides are. All right, I'll I'll
1: try and catch that one, okay? let's go around the room everybody share what you're working on we'll start with lisa and news headlines lisa what do we have coming up in news
3: what is up um i have so much respect for the k poppers of the world i mean they're really here doing the lord's work and it's amazing uh they're taking credit for the low attendance at the trump rally over in oklahoma this past weekend good for them using okay their powers for good
1: How how did they do that
3: So there was an and what are we
1: talking about? K poppers.
3: K pop stands. That's what they call themselves. Uh, Basically, the mega super fans of the Korean pop stars. Uh, They've been taking over social media, Twitter, TikTok, and they were telling everyone to go ahead and RSVP for a ticket to the Trump rally in Oklahoma. So they had over a million tickets that were reserved for this rally. And in reality, you had about 6,000 people that showed up.
1: Wait a minute. So the reason not as many people showed up is because these fans of K-pop RSVP'd the tickets?
3: Yep. They said that they, they RSVP'd, said that they were going to go, and then actually none of them showed up. So they are they are being now credited for... Uh,
1: well, Trump said that it was Antifa that made all of his supporters not show up. Hmm.
3: Not according to the K-popers. Well, and I it think would make sense though, because if when they're he-
1: screwing with this crowd, I think that would qualify them as Antifa, <laughs> according <mind>. to Trump <laughs> in his mind, right?
3: I saw a meme the other day and it was like, and is Antifa in the room with you right now, Karen? Uh yeah. So but good job for them. They've they've been really doing some great work on social media. Uh, they had a thing that was White Out Wednesday, which is where you were supposed to support only white businesses. <laughs> And the K-poppers instead took that hashtag and just flooded it with uh, different Korean pop songs instead. So uh, they're really doing some great wait, work. Wait, wait,
1: Who had White Out Wednesday where you were only supposed to shop at white-owned businesses?
3: <laughs> it was a hashtag that was being promoted online by different uh, supporters. And so they went ahead and just... Uh, rushed the entire ho- the hashtag with just a bunch of Korean pop songs instead. So they've been doing some great work online, so good for them. I don't, I've never uh, okay. listened to your music, but I may one day, just out of support for you.
1: Joanna, Entertainment News, what do we have Top and our entertainment headlines today? Oh, my bad. I, <laughs> I forgot I have to have your microphone on. Oh my god.
2: That's, that's why. Scary.
1: Do they say that's?
2: Dude, it will. It looks bad. Yeah.
1: Like there's video of it. Was that the reason that he collapsed because of COVID nineteen? Oh. All right. And sports headlines, Brandon. What do we got uh, coming up in sports today?
2: Do you want the horrible story? So you know how nascar banned confederate Uh, flags mm -hmm. from their races and everything well outside of talladega this past weekend there were um confederate flags being being shown out there but most horrifically somebody hung a noose in bubba wallace's garage
1: Oh, I was reading Breitbart and all the commenters over there think that Bubba Wallace is pulling
2: a Jussie Smollett. So, just in case you were wondering what, oh, the, but of
1: course. what the Breitbart crowd makes of this.
2: Um, well, NASCAR is going to investigate and they're going to do whatever they can to find out who the person that did this was. All I right, think my
3: brother's wife was there at Talladega. Is that what that thing is? NASCAR? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, she goes every year with her dad for Father's Day.
2: Well, they weren't. They weren't having. Did they have a crowd, or did they not have yeah, a crowd? Yeah, yeah, NASCAR. Yeah, um, NASCAR started having crowds uh, at their races. Talladega Nights, The uh, Ballad of Ricky Bobby. They're Trump supporters, so don't be surprised that they were there.
1: Who's that? Your brother and his wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
3: they go every year. His his wife loves NASCAR. She's a big, big fan.
1: I guess the irony is that that you know Trump could not give it about NASCAR, (laughs)
0: right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he could care
1: less about freaking NASCAR.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. A legendary band
1: has their own line of deodorant. Kiss. Coming out.
0: That's a
3: good guess.
1: I'm playing playing the odds.
3: Yeah, playing it safe.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I assume Kiss has probably got a full line of toiletry products at this point, but... Uh let's let's um how could I give you some clues. Mm-hmm. So it's uh a, it's a band in the rock genre. Okay. And uh they have also had their own brand of ice cream and ties. So I don't know if that
2: ice cream and
1: tie. <laughs> yeah.
4: Mhm.
1: Well everything I say is going to sound like it's something Kiss would pull, but it, but it's yeah.
2: not Kiss.
1: I'll give you that much.
2: Ice cream and ties. Mm Mm-hmm. And now,
1: deodorant. So who is the legendary famous band? Well, I'll tell you coming up here in just a few minutes. All right, our Father's Day, Mount Rushmore. Today is the Mount Rushmore of TV sitcom dads. You know, for a long period of time... Bill Cosby would have just automatically probably been he in the, be George the George Washington position. Right. Yeah. Bill Cosby probably would have been in the George Washington position. Um, I, I like um, Andy Taylor from the Andy Griffith show.
2: It's a okay. solid choice.
1: I mean, he knew how to handle every situation. It seems like he always knew the right thing to say. Everybody else around him would be losing their cool, but he would always keep his... If I were going to pick a TV dad and I only had one pick, I think I'd pick Andy from The Andy Griffith Show. My friend, Andy. Who else you got? Let's hear some uh, nominations.
2: I always kind of lean towards Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. See, my first
1: impulse there is to say, well, he wasn't Will's dad. He was his uncle, but he had his own kids, too. Right?
2: Yeah, Carl He did, but also and and he was the father
3: and... figure. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't right. you want me, man? His dad oh. didn't want oh. him. Oh, my
2: God. Waterworks. Anybody uh, else? Danny da- Tanner. Danny Tanner from Full House is a great one. He was a dad. He ended up being a dad in the show. They mm-hmm. had the twins.
3: You don't have to be technically a dad to be a father figure. Lots of kids out there can tell you all so about. It.
1: Mouth well, but going- more of TV sitcom
2: dads.
3: Yeah, but
2: see, that's that, Joanna that, makes a good point. That's so part open- of the debate. Is it opening it up for? father figures not specifically I would say the only one that wouldn't be considered in this would be um uncle, uncle joey yeah unless you count that woodchuck
3: mm.
2: he does
1: does he have a wife what i would about, say the the quintessential old-timey tv dad would be ward cleaver yeah. I mean, an entire generation. Howard or two. Cunningham? Yeah. Mr. C was great.
2: He was like a father figure to the Fonz. What about uh, Dan Connor from Roseanne? I'm going to say Jerry Smith from uh,
1: <laughs> Rick and Morty. Oh,
2: oh, God. The worst dad. <laughs> any
1: any anybody
2: else you want to put in the running? Right I mean, now? I got I got a whole bunch. I got Carl Winslow from Family Matters.
3: Oh, he was good.
2: Uh, there's a list here that mentions Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Archie Bunker. No.
1: No. 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 What? uh archie bunker was like racist he called his wife horrible names
2: oh wait and so you want to hear what this website lists here about archie bunker yeah 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 because okay so what did you just say he was racist okay. and he
1: ca- and he was abusive to his maybe not physically on screen but
2: <laughs> no no he was a he was it okay yeah good lord you're arguing about nothing Uh, It literally says here, despite being racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, and someone who pretty much hated everyone different from him in any way, including his uh, meathead son-in-law, Mike, Archie Bunker still became an endearing character, mostly due to the brilliant acting of Carol O'Connor and because Archie usually learned his lesson in the end. In fact, TV Guide ranked Archie Bunker number five on its 50 greatest TV characters of all time list back in 1999. Bravo named him number one on a similar list in 2005.
1: I, well, if the list were best TV characters, but as far as best father, although he did love Gloria, he did love Gloria, but do you remember what he called his called Edith? Eh, dingbat. It was dingbat this, and yeah. <laughs> All right, well, think about it and let us know. You can do that in the Facebook chat.
2: Either one of Jerry Stiller's dad characters from either Seinfeld or King of Queens, where he kind of plays the same exact character. Yeah. You brought up earlier Tim the Tool Man.
4: Yes.
2: What was that show called?
1: Home Improvement. All right. I was trying to think of what it was called. It was, was it Tool, Tool, Tool Time? time? Right no, Tool Time was the show within <laughs> the show, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. What about, uh, we're getting uh, some people in the Facebook chat, Mike Brady. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? A strong, strong nominee there.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he what? didn't
2: show any favoritism. Nope. You never saw any favoritism toward his kids over the girls. We're also getting some uh, recommendations for Red from that 70s show, <laughs> Red Foreman. Sanford from Sanford and Son? Lamont, you big dummy! Sanford and
1: Son was great, man. I know,
3: yeah,
1: I know. Alright, you ready for me to tell you which band has their own deodorant? Now, I know you're saying to yourself, I said it was a rock band. It's a rock band in that um, that's what they called it back then. But this is Grateful Dead.
3: I remember... Does it smell like incense and possibly marijuana?
1: I remember I'd always heard of Grateful Dead, and I thought, oh, well, they got dead in the name. You know, like Megadeth. And they're
2: grateful for it, too. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. Like, in my mind, I had it that they were this hardcore metal band before I really you know discovered what they were all about and the first time i heard it i was like you gotta be kidding me this is like country music i was like this is what all those hippies were traveling around the country and doing drugs and getting maybe maybe the thing is you have to be on drugs for it to make a lot of sense When you think of Grateful Dead, you think of hippies, you think of people traveling around in a in a microbus. Yeah, there's the ice cream was Cherry <laughs> Garcia. Jerry Garcia had his own line of ties, oh, yeah. uh, which you still see every now and then at Dillard's. A company called North Coast Organics created an official, so this means the band has signed off on it, an official Grateful Dead line of organic deodorant. I guess so. If you're a hippie, And you don't want to
2: use, like, chemicals, man. Is it going to be something like Starburns would wear in Community? Remember when they're passing around his vest? And they're like, oh, yeah, he doesn't use deodorant. He uses crystals. It's made with vegan, edible ingredients. Edible? Does that mean you could eat your deodorant? Ew. I
3: mean, if you wanted to.
2: By the way, we missed something here when we were already bringing up the uh, sitcom dads. Yeah. We're in Texas, and nobody brought up Hank Hill. I never liked King of the Hell. Damn it, Bobby. Well, boy, I ain't right. What a great dad. So, uh, propane and propane accessories.
1: Well, you probably want to hear what the Grateful Dead has to say about this product. Quote. It's delicious. As much as it's important to be mindful of what we put into our bodies, it's also essential to be aware of what we put onto our bodies.
2: Essential. It's made from essential oils. Guaranteed. We need to take
1: care of the planet and ourselves. So you could get Grateful Dead deodorant at the website for North Coast Organics, and it definitely isn't cheap. What would you normally pay for a stick of deodorant, you know?
2: I think you could get a two-pack for like six bucks or something yeah, like
1: that. Like three bucks for a roll-on deodorant. Uh, each one of the Grateful Dead deodorants will cost you 19.99. Oh my God! Is it going <laughs> to last a year? There's kind of a, a premium price on the I was Grateful say, Dead but if deodorant. It,
3: if it is like the organic kind of deodorant, that makes more sense. Why is that? Because they're usually more expensive.
1: Yeah, but do they work as good as like the regular ones?
3: Uh, depends on who you ask, uh, because some people swear by it, but they say your body has to get used to it. So you're going to uh-huh. smell for like at least a month until your so body.
2: When the first stick runs out, you're smelling that whole time. And then you got to buy a second one after your body's adapted to it. You're 40 bucks in before you quit smelling like a filthy <laughs> yeah.
0: hippie. All
1: right. Great. Great job.
0: <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: And we're going to find out why K-pop fans might have been responsible for the low turnout for Donald Trump's rally in Tulsa. On Saturday, and uh, a student has been asked to change his name because the name is offensive, or it sounds like it could be offensive. Well, <laughs> Am I going to have to read this? Because I'm not sure I can. I'm not sure I can read the guy's name. And just spell it out then.
4: Yeah. I-
1: it probably isn't pronounced the way that we think it is, so mm-hmm. I'll probably find a way to get around
2: it. It's kind of <laughs> like how when people see P H O, they say faux, but it's actually pronounced fuh. Uh mm. huh. But that doesn't help the case here. with the <laughs> word <looks laughs> no, <fine>. no.
1: <laughs> Coming up tonight on Loudwire Nights at eight o'clock, Tyler Connolly of Theory of a Dead Man joins our our host Tony Gonzalez. Uh, Tyler Connelly is going to be talking about getting creatively inspired, uh, how I spent my pandemic stuff. So listen in every night, every weeknight, that is, starting at 7 o'clock for Loudwire Nights. And don't forget, every night at 10 o'clock, Mission Metallica brings you a full block of Metallica music every night on Loudwire Nights right here. Uh, all right, Lisa, why don't you go ahead and give me the bare bones of the thing, and then when we come to the actual name, I, I think I have figured out a way... You
3: think you got it? Yeah,
1: that we can we can do it. Okay.
3: Okay. All right, go ahead.
1: What's, uh, what's the story here?
3: Well, this story, it's an Oakland professor. He's now on administrative leave after urging a student to... Uh, make their name maybe a little more white, especially because it sounds like an insult in English. Mm-hmm. Matthew Hubbard teaches math at Laney College and told the Vietnamese student by email to change her name. This is according to the San Francisco Chronicle. They said, um, you know, you may want to change it because it sounds like an insult in English. But the student, uh, last name is D M Nudian. Uh
1: is how they b- believe that or not that, that that ng because there was a Dallas Cowboy name, that that win that win that ng u y e n believe it or not is win.
3: I had a teacher and she had us pronounce it as Nugian. Nugian? Yeah, <laughs> I bet she was like, "Ah, eh, it's fine. Just let they're they're in the second grade. It's fine."
1: Yeah, <laughs> probably. <enough>. So so <laughs> probably. the guy's last name is Win, like that Win.
3: Hmm. <sighs> well.
4: His yeah, first gonna... name
1: is spelled P H U C, mm-hmm. which I'm going to say. If you were in Vietnam and somebody had that that name, it might sound something like
3: Fook. Mm-hmm.
1: Brandon, am I okay there?
3: You're good. I didn't get beat. Nope. Well, because remember, Phuc. yeah, P H O is spelled Fuh. Fuh.
1: Or is pronounced ph. Oh,
3: it's pronounced. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. So you've got. Fook. And the second part of his name is Bui. B U I. So P H U C B U I. Right. So his name is Fook Bui. Am I still? You're fine. Uh, okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Not because. I'm a,
1: oh.
2: It's the dude's name. Yeah. Well, we it really has It's to his go. name, but we're mm-hmm. also pronouncing it, it like the, the way that we, I think it should be. Phonetically. pronounced. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this professor, and I got to say,
1: you know,
4: Probably it, was just it sounds to be like nice.
1: a reasonable request, but he he uh, texted to him.
3: Yeah, I don't student, know if it was a
1: text or a...
3: This was through email, and an email. It's, a, it's a female, but she said she felt wait, like... The, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. The, the student is a female? Yeah. Fook Bui is a female?
3: Yeah, it's a girl.
1: Okay, so here's what Professor Hubbard uh, wrote.
4: <laughs> I know, it's a
1: minefield, Shame isn't Shame
2: on you all.
1: Could you anglicize your name? Fook Bui sounds like an insult in English. Mm-hmm. Here is Fook's response. Hello, Professor Hubbard. Your request for me to anglicize my name feels discriminatory, and I will move forward with filing a complaint with the Title IX office if you cannot refer to me by my given birth name, and it's signed Boy DM Wen.
3: See, and at first I think that the professor was being nice, but then you get into the rest of the email chain, and you kind of go, "Okay, now I'm I'm uh, on Fook's yeah.
1: side." Okay. Why? What else did What else did he say that made you?
3: Yeah. So the original said, um, you know, can you anglicize your name? It sounds like an insult in English. And it said, "Hello, Professor Hubbard. Your request feels discriminatory, and I'll move forward with filing that complaint."
2: Go back to your cupboard. Oh no, I'm seeing what Mr. he Hubbard.
3: wrote. You see what? Yeah, you see what he wrote. He's your s- name he, he, in he, English he, sounds like bleep boy.
1: Yeah. If I lived in Vietnam <laughs> and my name in your language sounded like Eda, <laughs> I would change it to avoid embarrassment. Um. God, I wonder if he's defensive because she said she was She was uh, going to file a Title yeah, nine. Yeah, but if you're going to
3: file something, I don't think your response should be like, eat a bleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if my name in Vietnamese sounded like eat a dick," I would change it to avoid embarrassment. I understand you are offended, but you need to understand your name is an offensive sound in my language. I repeat my request. And then the uh, professor signs off on it. Um,
2: well, well <laughs> what do you make of that? Well,
3: I'm on the student side.
2: Like it's not any of the, it's not any of the instructor's business.
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't think that I, I, I think the second response is, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a way maybe he thought oh this student maybe isn't from the United States let me you know help her out a little bit let her know
1: I don't know she sounds very very fluent in English based on the, on what how she responded
3: oh well yeah and that's the thing so this one uh, this one viral online uh, because her sister posted it and said the fact that this white professor had the audacity to ask my sister to change her name is disgusting uh, he says it's an embarrassment that it sounds like an insult. She said, I love that my parents and my sister want to keep our culture alive by keeping our Vietnamese name. If you can't say it, then ask, and we'll pronounce it for you. Okay. In addition, the teacher said that English is his language, but let's not forget, my sister also speaks English. So, I mean, and I think that's where it is. Like, Maybe oh. the
1: professor just jumped to the conclusion that, oh, she probably speaks very little English and isn't aware that that her name is basically,
3: boy, yeah, um, I'm going to go with the student on this one. Especially it's like if you asked and they say, no, I understand, I, I, I'm you know, from the United States, I know what it sounds like, but I want to keep my culture alive, I'd be like, all right, respect.
1: Well, it seems like things escalated. when. Yeah. It seems like it escalated quickly.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely escalated very quickly. We had a
1: Vietnamese student, not like an exchange student, but his family was refugees from, from Vietnam, mm-hmm. uh, and his name was Dat.
3: Oh yeah yeah. So that's
1: a real common name. If his name had been Fook Bui, we definitely would have been calling him boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's and that was e- that f- term hadn't even been coined back then, but I guarantee you.
3: Like we would have invented it.
1: <laughs> I mean, we didn't we did we liked him. We didn't make fun of him, but we definitely would have called him boy if uh, that was how his name was spelled.
3: Yeah.
1: All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, we got a call coming in this morning. Also, i got to talk about this Trump rally in Tulsa that didn't have a big turnout. And Lisa's going to tell us why the turnout might have been down. There's a group that's taking credit for it, and Mm. it's not Antifa. (laughs) Although I think to Trump, it probably is Antifa. It's like, what is K-pop?
0: They must be Antifa. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Did you uh, see
1: in Santa Fe last week, some protesters were trying to pull down this statue of of a Spanish conquistador named Don Juan de Onate. And at some point, uh, there was a guy who was pushing people and he And he shoved some women to the ground So the crowd started following him And one of them hit him with a skateboard Or looked like he tried to hit him with a skateboard And the guy pulled out a gun and shot him Yeah, I did see that part of the clip Did you see the the part where they said They've decided not to charge the shooter Since the guy had attacked him With his
2: skateboard I heard that that's what they were going for I hadn't heard the
1: update on it That's what I thought I mean, I, I had seen that headline a few times So unless it's like hashtag fake news it it says they dropped the charges, but that would be like if you saw a guy in a in a bar punch a woman full on in the face and then he was walking out to the parking lot and people were trying to detain him or stop him you know so the police could come and then he shot you for trying to detain him that's what it kind of seems like to me because they did show like pictures of the guy who did the shooting uh Like grabbing women and just throwing them to the ground. That was the latest I heard was that they decided not to charge him because he was being attacked or whatever. Um, And then Lisa has a story about uh, Columbus, not the Explorer, but the city named after the Explorer in Ohio. So they're talking about changing the name of Columbus, Ohio.
3: Yes. This is actually up on uh, BuzzAdamsShow.com website. You can check it out, but it looks like they want to change the name of Columbus, Ohio, and there's a petition online, and it's uh, getting a lot of people are saying that this is a good idea. How would you like to be taken to Flavortown?
1: Like with Guy Fieri?
3: Yeah! They want to make it into Flavortown, the reason why Guy Fieri is actually from Columbus, Ohio. And there is a petition online. It's, of course, a change.org petition. And they're saying there's a few good reasons why they believe that Columbus, Ohio, should be named Flavortown uh, instead. And a few of those reasons are, well, one, of course, he is from there. And also they say he's done a lot for the city. Now, once the COVID-19 pandemic hit, Uh, Columbus, Ohio, specifically, as well as the food industry, you know, of course, was decimated by the pandemic. And he was able to, Guy Fieri was able to raise about $20 million for food industry and restaurant workers. So he's done a lot of that. He's also um, officiated over 100 different LGBTQ uh, weddings in his lifetime. But he's also just known as being a really nice guy. So they're saying uh, Columbus is also one of the biggest areas, and I didn't know this, for food industry testing.
1: Oh yeah. It's like a primary... It's a, a testing market. Yeah. Not only for f- other products too, like a lot of toiletries. Anything you want to you try, they roll it out in Columbus. At some point, I guess they identified Columbus as a fairly representative cross-section of America. So a lot of New stuff, including food, but a lot of other stuff
3: and gets you tested. And get it. They say there's a lot of different flavors there. That's why they want to call it Flavor, Flavor Town. Town. And they're saying that, you know, obviously the uh, uh, the past and the history of uh, Christopher Columbus, they say, doesn't properly represent the city that they are now. So this 32-year-old gentleman decided to start the petition, and he's actually going to be taking it to the city hall to try and get them to rename the city, and they think Flavortown would be a better name for it. Uh, Do we think Flavortown is going to be the city name? We don't know. But uh, they make a lot of really good points, though. Guy Fieri does actually do a lot of really good work. They think it would be something, um, a nice way to give him some representation. Um, Yeah. And they say it's a huge test market for different flavors of different industries, food. They say they have a very proud culinary background in Columbus as well. And, um, you know, to honor him and all of his charitable work that he's done, Guy Fieri deserves to have the city named after it. (laughs) Now, last night, the petition was at about 23 mill or 23,000 people had signed it
1: on what like change.org or gov or something like
3: that. Right. Now okay. they're at one. Tw- it's still going up. Uh 26,000 people have signed at this point.
1: My and guess is they are not gonna, they're not going to they're not going to rename Columbus or at least they're not going to rename it to Flavortown. Town. Also f- <laughs> Think of all the uh, places in the United States that are either Columbus or Columbia, because Mm -hmm. Columbia is also, so that's District of Columbia, Mm -hmm. is named after
2: him, Uh, Columbia. Columbia, Missouri. A there's a lot of places. There's a ton of cities across the United sure. States called Columbia. Have the Washington
3: Redskins changed their name yet?
2: No, they're totally not going to do that until yeah. their owner Dan
1: Snyder's gone. Instead, of, you know, and they'd have to change like a lot of the lettering. They should just change the name of the town to Columbo, like the Peter Falk character for yeah. TV. And they okay. wouldn't have to change the entire word. They could just like scratch off and, and fix it at the end. Paint right?
3: over the S and then just make it into a circle. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think they'll change the name, but I think. We got a lot of
1: letterhead, guys. We can't just get rid of all of it. Let's just, like, mark it out and make it Columbo.
3: There you go. Yeah, I, I think this is a different. Uh, there's lots of. You can remove a statue, but having to change, you know, an entire university. Yeah, you, you remove the <laughs> like, statue,
1: you just take the statue down and put it in a museum or do, or, you know,
3: melt it bags. down for
1: slag or well, whatever. Not even
3: museums. Museums are taking down the statues, too. A very uh, interesting one was. Uh, we'll have it coming up in news, but outside of the Museum of Natural History. Uh,
1: so I guess they're going to take the statue of Teddy Roosevelt down from outside the museum from Night at the Museum. Mm-hmm. I think when that statue was made, it was probably seen as like super progressive, but now it's seen as as backwards. And then uh, they had the incident up in Santa Fe where they were dragging down a statue of a Spanish conquistador. Just real, you know, all I would say is, let's get rid of the Confederates first, right? Let's get rid of the actual traitors, and then we'll deal with some of this other stuff later. We've got a call. Uh, Karen's on the line. Hi, Karen.
4: Yes, good morning, Buzz. Good morning, Karen. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, good, good morning.
2: How are you doing? i I am Uh-oh.
4: so peeved, and I'm trying to find out who I should talk
2: to about it. Well, I would imagine it's going to be somebody's manager, but let's find out whose yep. manager that is. First, they said the Confederate flag was offensive. Fine, so
4: we got rid of the uh, the Confederate flag at NASCAR races, which is ridiculous. Getting rid of the Confederate flag at NASCAR is like getting rid of the Mexican flag and pointy cowboy boots at a cockfight. Let's all be honest about this, okay? Okay. (laughs) Then they came after the statues of some of our greatest American leaders, men like Stonewall Jackson, the General Lee, boss hog. Now they're tearing down statues of great Americans who were
2: not even in the Civil War. Where was there a boss hog statue? It
4: was in Columbus probably. But okay. they're tearing down statues of
2: great American
4: leaders who did not even fight in the Civil War. Like that statue of Don Juan de Onate up in Santa Fe. He was a oh. great American leader. He did not fight for the South, but that doesn't matter to Antifa. Mm-hmm.
2: They just pull him on down.
4: You know why it is, right? Uh,
2: do tell. It's because they don't know our history. Okay.
4: And it all started when liberals started only teaching things that make my ancestors look bad. Okay. So my son Connor is grown now, but he was in elementary school back in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And they would teach the kids about the Civil War. Mm-hmm. They would teach about the Civil War, but they would only teach about the bad parts of slavery. They wouldn't teach the good side of slavery because they decided it wasn't PC. Mm, okay. Um, and, and if you're wondering what, what the good side of slavery was...
2: Yeah. Did, did you know before the Civil War, the unemployment rate
4: among African Americans in the southern states was the lowest it has ever
2: been oh, really? in our country's history? And President Trump is doing the best that he can
4: to get those numbers back up where they used to be. But what chance does he really have when you can't force people to go to work, right? Also... Now listen, I'm not saying slavery was all good. Okay. I'm not saying it was all good, but oh, okay. slavery yes. taught valuable trades and skills to newly arrived African immigrants. Okay, okay. It taught them like farming and planting mm-hmm. and harvesting. Some of them even learn how to play the fiddle.
2: Okay, so you'd be so you'd be cool with trading places with them, right? I mean, if this was it was such a good opportunity for them, it's okay, something that you I mean, sound like you'd be down be ridiculous. with. Oh, oh, okay.
4: But there were some positives, and when all that was going on, what did Pelosi or Schumer ever do for Southern blacks mm. during that period? We need during our statues. We okay. need. Listen to me. We need our statues of historical figures. Okay. If we don't have statues, how else are people supposed to learn about history?
2: Well um, th- there's other sources out there other than statues.
4: Did you say books? Yeah. <laughs> you know all the textbooks say is the South lost. Okay. They never show how cool the Confederate generals looked like when they were riding their horses. You don't get a you don't get a real picture of how impressive their beards were. That's why you need a statue. That's the kind of detail you can only get from statues that were erected 70 years after the Civil War ended. But it's trying to erase history. Mm -hmm. And it's like they say, those who don't learn from history are doomed to lose the next Civil War,
2: too. (laughs) Oh, Um, okay. Anyway, I I don't know if
4: you know, but in our city, we have a statue of General Don Juan de Nate, Uh who was the Mexican-American leader that they tore down the statue of in Santa Fe. Uh, And our statue is at the airport, and it's 30 feet tall. And when people come into our town, that statue is one of the first things they see. Mm -hmm. And it sends a message. It says, we love our history. The good along with the bad. We love our history.
2: Is that the statue with the horse with the huge... Yep. Okay. It's oh, with I the the horse and he's
4: rearing up. It says, horses and suits of armor will win most property disputes.
2: I'm That's surprised, what it says. I'm surprised you haven't complained about how anatomically correct that horse is. But okay, continue. It
4: also says, look how big my horse's testicles are. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen them? <laughs> Joanna, have you seen them? They're like I two have. giant <laughs> copper beanbag chairs saying "Bienvenidos yeah. a El Paso. <laughs> so that is a proud message that we send forth. Yeah. And I don't even understand why these rioters and Antifa and BLM would want to tear down a statue of Don Juan de Onate. He was a minority and he was a great American hero.
2: Wasn't he a Spanish conquistador?
4: Uh, yeah. Spanish. As in, he spoke Spanish.
2: Yeah. He was Mexican American. Do
4: I have to? Do I have to spell it out <laughs> for you? It sounds like not, somebody
2: needs to brush
4: up on their history. Which I, I was think just he talking was from about. Spain. Yeah, not
2: the same thing. Yeah.
4: Uh, right. He, well, where? Where did he? Where did he do his military stuff? Not in Spain.
2: Oh. Mexico. Okay. Oh. So, so that makes Juan, him. Duh. Okay. Juan okay. is a Mexican
4: name. Don Juan de onate is a Mexican-American hero, we should be putting up more statues. Him, okay. Me. All right, I've got to go. I've got a lot to okay. do
2: today.
0: Okay. All right, goodbye. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: All right, we could have a little contest between all of our radio stations that carry the Buzz Adams Morning Show. Because in Abilene, it's going to be 103. At least the forecast says today is going to be 103. So are they going to be the hottest spot? You're probably saying, "Oh yeah, yeah 103 sounds really hot." El Paso is going to be 105. Ooh. Ooh. So so there you go. El Paso's got it right. Ah ah ah. ah. According to the forecast, San Angelo coming whole, in hot, literally 109 um. for the high temperature in San Angelo. So our our listeners of 96.5 The Rock in San Angelo. Get ready for it to be, you know. Also, it's not just going to be hot; it'll probably be humid as hell too, <laughs> because mm-hmm. because we're see we're seeing some rain lining up in West Texas, starting in Abilene and San Angelo. It looks like we see rain tonight, and that's going to cool things off considerably. So after getting 109, if it if it does hit that in San Angelo today, it's going to be lower 90s and, and mid to upper 80s for the rest of the week. It looks like, but 109. It looks like San Angelo is going to take the prize uh, for today. Uh, We're seeing a chance of rain moving in the El Paso forecast, but not until later on Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening. All right, Lisa, let's talk a little bit about the uh, rally that Donald Trump had in Tulsa and why the attendance might have been down a little bit. How about, uh, first of all, let's hear some of the clips. And in the first clip, uh, the people are asking a lot of questions because Trump told the crowd that he had wanted to do less tests for COVID nineteen. And here's what here's what the president said. <laughs> That's right. If you that, did no
2: testing, we would have had zero cases yep. of COVID nineteen. Is that the ostrich technique? I'm yeah. just going to bury my head in the sand if I don't see it. It's not happening. So a White House spokesman
1: has said that. Those comments were tongue in cheek, but I saw some of the pictures. It didn't look like anybody was wearing a mask at that rally. I, I saw mean, the a, mes- couple, a couple, but those people
3: seemed like they were up in the rafters, like the very top already. Like, nah, I'm gonna social distance. I'm gonna be all the way up here.
1: I mean, whether the president was joking that he wanted to slow down testing or not, I the message from the visuals was loud and clear, and that is, you're a fool. You know, if you worry about this, you're. An- you're a fool if you wear a mask. Uh, so after saying that he wanted to do less testing, which the a spokesman says was was tongue in cheek, but after saying that he, the president complained that he didn't get enough credit for stopping coronavirus dead in its tracks.
2: No, he didn't.
1: <laughs> no, he didn't. I almost admire his ability to turn on a dime. It's like, I wanted fewer tests and I don't get enough credit for stopping coronavirus, (laughs) like just from one thought to the next. And uh, then nobody's ever accused Trump of not knowing his audience because uh, he went into a bunch of racist terms for coronavirus Um, he did, but he he also said China virus, you know, instead of, you know, it has a name COVID-19. Everybody knows what the name is.
2: I dare you to challenge me. I have the ability to make anything racist. Just try me. So. (laughs) Yes. So uh, this, Except was, he can't hold the mug or it's got at least to be a smaller mug because of his tiny little hand This was in Tulsa on Saturday uh, He has caught heat for that
1: comment about that he pushed for less testing but a White House advisor said that the president was speaking
2: tongue in cheek mm-hmm. Was he There's, speaking tongue in cheek too after he drank that water with one hand and everybody started applauding him Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Look at him go! Woo! One-handed!
1: There's also been some drama. Oh, over- by the way,
2: that was a shot glass he was
1: using. <laughs> Why? Because he drinks, like, when he uses a regular-sized cup, he drinks with two hands. And he does for it, like, some like, reason. like,
2: have you ever seen a toddler hold a tippy, like, a sippy cup? Yeah. Um, he That's how he holds it. And then, like, and it was like, oh. Yeah, he's like, he duck faces into it almost. He was like, oh. Ugh. He makes his lips like he's using a straw, even when there's
1: no straw there. (laughs) There's been drama over the crowd size of the event. Last week, Trump's campaign manager said that they had over a million ticket requests. So they were expecting to fill all 19,000 available seats. And that's inside the venue And and, and outside in the overflow. The Tulsa Fire Department said only 6,200 tickets were scanned. Uh, A campaign official claimed that 12,000 people went through the metal detectors, if you include people in luxury boxes, members of the media. But it doesn't look like anybody is disputing the fact that it it wasn't a full house. I mean, not yet. But a bunch of TikTok users claimed that they were responsible for the for the low turnout for Trump's rally.
3: Good for you. T- do you want to tell us
1: about that,
2: Lisa? TikTok anonymous.
3: Yeah, because I don't think you were really familiar with it. So the K-poppers, their stands, as they call themselves, they are so wait, really
2: st- like Stan, like S like T like, A N S,
3: like S T A N, a super
2: fan, like a like
3: a super fan. You know
2: episode, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, He wasn't a good fan. He killed his pregnant girlfriend.
3: Hey, they stand for things. Yeah, Ooh. and that is what they are doing. Uh, yeah, the South Korean uh, pop stars, their fans are known for breaking lots of records on social media, and they are now claiming the victory of foiling the U.S. president's return to the campaign trail. So they said they had about one million tickets that were sold, but...
1: Well, given away. I don't think they sold them,
3: right? They were reserved. So you had to, I guess, give like an email or something when you reserve your seat. But people on social media platforms like TikTok and Twitter, they were encouraging people to register to attend the event and then not actually attend. One video with more than 300,000 views called on fans of the South Korean mega group BTS in particular to join the trolling campaign online. And did they ever. Uh, They also say uh, Democratic Representative AOC, she tweeted also saying that she was loving all the teens on TikTok that were flooding all of the fake ticket reservations. Well, Trump
1: had claimed that the reason there was no crowd outside the building was that Antifa and other violent protesters had prevented his fans from getting in to that area. So what was going to happen was there was an outside stage set up and Pence was going to go speak out there and Trump was going to go out and talk to the overflow. And they canceled that because, according to uh, official sources, there were only about 15 or 20 people. In that, uh, in that overflow area, but what what the president insinuated was that there were protesters who had blocked their way from getting in.
3: Listen, as someone who's been to one of those rallies before, it's not difficult to get into that area.
1: The overflow area, you mean?
3: Yeah, we had to walk through the overflow area, Joanna and I. Oh, because get- you were
1: reporters and you had to be in a cage. Yeah. we you were in to one to- of the reporter cages.
3: We were in the cage, but... <laughs> but we had to walk through that overflow area, so there's and there were protesters, but I mean they were not uh, like in any way like inhibiting our air, our way of getting to that area. So I, that doesn't really make sense. Um, AOC tweeted out saying, "K-pop allies, we see and appreciate you and all your contributions in our fight for justice." <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't really a surprise though. I'm kind of bummed
1: out a little bit because at first I was like, okay, there was less turnout than they expected. That reflects well on the Sooner State, which is where I was from. I was like, okay, Oklahoma, you're finally... Yeah, well, you're welcome. finally you're finally opening your eyes a little bit.
3: No, this isn't a really a surprise to a lot of K-pop fans because I honestly have been watching this on Twitter and I am about this life. They are great right now. They have a very long history of social activism and a lot of charity work led by online uh, devotees. So they're saying uh, in the past month alone, K-pop fans they have been uh, they had drowned out racist voices online uh, by posting pictures and videos of their favorite k-pop groups using anti-black hashtags like hashtag white lives matter so people were using these to try and promote uh other things and instead the k-popers are like no it's okay we're just going to put a bunch of bts videos up instead um so
1: that's their move is whatever the hashtag is if it's like racist or exactly just flood it yeah, okay.
3: after one police department asked people on Twitter to submit videos of quote illegal activities that are happening during protests in Texas K-pop fans instead decided to go ahead and flood the app with fan cams of uh, their favorite Korean pop idols instead uh, Also popular boy band BTS. They donated a million dollars to support the Black Lives Matter movement Also their fan based charity group one in an army, they helped raise another million dollars to give to the Black Lives Matter cause. Uh, they say that we are a diverse army of BTS fandom. And because of that, we are always there to help each other. And we want to support those in the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so this is... in BTS, I did not realize after I started kind of looking into it more. This group has done a lot of actual charity work in the past. So it's not surprising to see that their fans... Um, are so supportive of it. They've been doing this um, for different uh, in different countries too. Obviously, they're from South Korea, but they do a lot of different charity work in other countries too.
1: Um, what does BTS stand for? Boys to Schmin?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't.
2: You don't know. What, you don't know what I it actually stands for. Don't know
3: BTS Block B fans. I guess
2: uh, they're also known as the Bangtan Boys.
3: There you go. Yeah, <coughs> that's I. I they have a lot of different names. I I haven't listened actually to any.
1: All right, so so listen <laughs> as we're doing kind of this this post mortem report on Trump's rally. Uh, it, it, he drew a crowd. It wasn't as much as they thought, but why that was? Well, you know, Trump's blaming it on protesters. Uh, these fans of of Korean pop are claiming that they got all the reserved tickets. Um, Oh, because they were signing up. See, it seems like if you were going to give away tickets, you'd check that email. Is not there some way to make sure that they're actually... The
3: IP address Like,
1: within a thousand miles
3: of where this event
1: is going to be going on?
3: I mean, good for them, because they really have been. Every time that there is kind of a very hateful... Or a derogatory hashtag that I find online on Twitter, immediately I see that it gets sectioned underneath K-pop. And it's because they keep taking that. Like, for instance, right now, there is 29,000 people tweeting about White Lives Matter. And when you click on it...
1: It's all K-pop. It's
3: all K-pop people. <laughs> uh,
1: Good all for right. them. Well, there I was, kind of being proud of Oklahoma. And little did I know it was all TikTok uh, K-pop fans <laughs> that were responsible...
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: In honor of Father's Day yesterday, it's the Mount Rushmore of TV sitcom dads. Yeah, we got a lot of options, man. So my one that I feel strongly about is is Andy Taylor, Opie's dad. I feel like he was kind of like a father figure to the town, to the he entire was the police town. officer. Yeah, yeah but. He had this great speech about why he doesn't carry a gun, and I don't know. Yeah, we played that that while you were gone, actually. Yeah. Uh, So I really like Andy Taylor, and sure, he wasn't above like running a running a homeless person out of town, and you might wonder why you never see any minorities in Mayberry, but (laughs) look, um, Tony says Al Bundy. Yeah. Uh, Terry. Says Mike Brady is the George Washington. I think Mike Brady probably has a spot. I mean, he was really a really solid dad.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Sergio says, Dr. Jason Seaver. Can anybody tell me what show that is?
2: Uh, Leave it to Beaver. No, that's Wait, you Cleaver. Said Seaver. Oh, Cleaver. Dr. Jason Seaver. Oh, that was Robin Thick. Yeah. It From wasn't Gro- it was it it Robin. No, Alan yeah, Thick. It was Alan. Was it, is uh, that Growing Pains?
4: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, something tells me you're not all that familiar with growing pains. No, yeah. and I mean either. It's wait, gotta, no, it's but gonna I, be a hard sell wait, for no, me. Growing, but I yeah, but
2: growing pains—that was the one with uh, where the the dude's friend's name was Boner. Yeah, Kirk Cameron.
1: Yeah, was Mike Seaver, and his best friend was Boner. Uh, Andrew says Randy Marsh. <laughs> 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 I am Lord. 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 Uh, Michael says Lauren Green from Bonanza and that's what I was thinking of and then you said only sitcom so I just kept it to myself because Bonanza wasn't A sitcom per se? No, not per se. (laughs) And uh, Antonio Bandera says James Evans from Good Times. I think Good Times is probably a little unless you watched it on TV land. I think Good Times. That's the one with Jimmy JJ J. 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 Walker Dino Mike
2: Walker and his dad was played by John Amos. You know who I haven't heard get mentioned yet? Phil Dunphy of oh. Modern Family. Oh, this is a good one. Or the other, I mean, if we were going with Peter uh, Pritchett, with the, I, guess. I was gonna say with the actors who have played them, you got Al Bundy and Jay Pritchett right there.
3: I don't know. I Uncle Phil is still my number one.
2: How about solid choice? Mm-hmm. How about Walter How White? Don't want
4: me,
1: man? Oh, not a sitcom. Yeah, damn it! I was like, he really look. He got he became a drug kingpin <laughs> just to provide for his family. Yeah, I don't approve of the man's methods, but you can't say he. But it was not a sitcom. You
3: can respect okay. it.
1: <laughs> Who's the boss? I, he wasn't a dad. He was the manny. No, well, I don't know. I mean, that was up in the air. It was either him or Judith Light. There's
2: a whole. Remember, there's a remember. There's a whole. The daughter. No, yeah, he was just he was a nanny. Remember, there's a whole community episode where Abed defends his uh, theory on who the boss is.
1: um, I say Mona was the boss, probably. Like the grandma, she seemed to be like. I don't think so. No, I didn't watch a lot of Who's the Boss, but I don't think he was the dad. No, because remember he had the room downstairs. I think is what it was. All right, let's get back into news headlines. uh, Lisa is doing our news because she's back from vacation. Yes. (laughs) What else do we have, Lisa?
3: Where did we leave off? Oh, dust. Got it.
1: We left off at dust. Big dust storms coming. (laughs)
3: All right. Frankie has
1: no useful advice on Mm. how to deal with the dust.
3: Sunglasses. That's all I can give you, buddy. All right. So it might feel like things are going back to normal. But the first wave of coronavirus, it isn't over yet. Nearly half of the U.S. states are reporting a rise in new cases and some continue to break daily records. In the south, more young people are testing positive for the virus. Yes, there is more testing, but health officials are saying that these cases, they have more to do with behavior a.k.a. not wearing masks, attending large gatherings. Elsewhere in the world, the coronavirus threat remains. More than 7,000 Brazilians died of the virus in one week. Cases in Latin America, they have surpassed 2 million. Meanwhile, China and Germany, they have renewed lockdown measures in some areas as new cases are emerging. Which, by the way, did you see some bars got shut down?
2: Where? Yep. Out on the east side, I believe, wasn't it?
3: No. Central. No, was like, no, nah, that coconuts is central.
2: <laughs> oh, cuz all the headlines I saw was an East Side bar. Yeah, okay.
3: Work was the first one. So, yeah, but so basically the- They weren't
1: they weren't social distancing. They were just like not a, not obeying the rules or what? Why yeah, they get shut down? Yeah, so
3: I sent this. I sent it to my sister. I'm all, oh, unbelievable, Austin. Uh, yeah, that looks like two bars in El Paso. They've had their alcohol permits suspended for 30 days for failing to follow social distancing protocols. Uh, this is the uh, third night of the undercover investigation that the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission was doing called Operation Safe Open. They say they found uh, that these there were bars that across Texas that were not social distancing correctly. At first, it was seven that they named, or 12 at first, and then they added another seven. So an El Paso work bar that is located um, on the east side on Friday was cited. And then on Sunday, it, Coconuts in El Paso has also been cited for this. They said uh, there's a 30-day permit suspension for these bars, but in uh, others... Did they,
1: did they give them a warning or anything?
3: No, they're very strictly monitoring activity. Okay. Uh, right. So, and the, they say that the the TABC has the authority to suspend any license that poses a continuing threat to public welfare. The first infraction, it's a 30-day license suspension, and then the second will be a 60-day suspension. Uh, so there's a few different bars, it looks like uh, Houston, Dallas, uh, I said in Austin because unbar-leavable. That's, I mean, there is a slide in the middle of the bar. I mean, is it really surprising? Yeah, get it, unbarleyable. <laughs> They've had a lot of stuff that happened there, though. Uh, also, uh, Buford's Beer Garden in Austin, uh, and then Dallas and McAllen is where those were. But um, so it looks like they are going to be watching and making sure that their social distancing. People
1: are going in undercover and checking it out.
3: Yeah. So. Uh, Good to know about that. All right, research done by Northwestern University has showed Chicago has a unique COVID-19 virus strain. After studying the genetic makeup of dozens of virus samples of 90 people in Chicago, researchers determined that there were three main types of the virus found. 30% of the samples belonged to the virus type largely unique to Chicago, which is closely related to the Wuhan virus. The study noted that the second confirmed case was a Chicago woman who traveled to Wuhan, China. 60% of the samples, they say, were related to the virus that was uh, prevalent in New York and less than 10% classified as the virus from Washington State. New study says type 1 diabetes sufferers could be at a greater risk of developing more severe COVID symptoms. Study found that half of type 1 diabetes or diabetics who came down with COVID-19 symptoms exhibited higher blood sugar levels, which could be fatal. Half of those confirmed uh, to have COVID-19 in the study did develop diabetic ketoacidosis. The latest problematic monument to come down is a statue of Theodore Roosevelt in front of the New York Museum of Natural History. Mayor Bill de Blasio. Hey, real quick. Is that Robin Williams in Night at the Museum or no?
1: He played Theodore Roosevelt, yeah.
3: Thank you. Just want to make sure. <laughs> that was my point of reference. I'm here, for to,
1: I'm here to help you with all your historical touchstones. <laughs>
3: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it.
4: Which one is
3: he? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Just making sure. The statue features the nation's 26th president on a horse with a Native American man standing on one side and an African man standing on the other. While it was meant to celebrate Roosevelt as a, quote, devoted naturalist and author of works on natural history also communicates a racial hierarchy that the museum and members of the public have long found disturbing that's according to a release from the museum announcement comes as several states are grappling with how to handle removals of confederate monuments and other controversial statues
1: yes so the statue has like a native american pull it up ah, let me see yeah
3: because i was just wondering is that the one from the movie night at the museum I have questions.
1: Okay, so it looks like Teddy Roosevelt's on a horse, Mm -hmm. and he's got a Native American standing next to him, and I guess... uh,
3: Well, thank you for reading the Times. What am I reading? Mm.
1: Uh, I'm on CNN Travel. They always hit you with a (laughs) (laughs) pop-up.
3: Well, you could kind of see it for a second. Now I see it.
1: So they're saying because the the two other figures depicted are standing alongside him, that it means that he's alongside, higher up in the hierarchy? Guess, like he's lording over them?
3: Yeah, like they're below him because he's on the horse while they Well, he was
1: the president. Yeah, there's a lot of people he was above. I mean, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> these two characters I don't think are supposed... <sighs> All right. <laughs> Let's get all the Confederate monuments down first, guys. How about that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, Look, let's work on these. I,
1: I, I knew there was going to come a point where I was like, all right, now, now it is getting silly. I just didn't know when that point was going to Well, we was found gonna it. going to come. Here you go. So here it is. Teddy Roosevelt, because in his statue, I think, when was the statue uh, erected? Does it say?
3: You know it doesn't.
1: 1939. Okay. It says... A bronze sculpture mm-hmm. The depicts Theodore Roosevelt on horseback standing to either side of him are an American Indian and African. It was probably very, very forward-thinking for the time. It's like, hey, man, you know, we always put the president up there. Let's put a couple minorities with him. It's 1939. I know that seems radical, but, you know, it's the right thing to do. I bet at the time in 1939, it was like a really progressive thing to do.
3: I really... I appreciate Ben Stiller, though. He's saying, fine, let's put up a statue of Robin Williams instead. (laughs) From the actual movie, Night at the Museum. Now Um, that I know that's the statue.
2: No, I thought we needed a genie. Oh,
3: I could get behind that in a heartbeat. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, that is apparently the statue from the movie that they use. Interesting.
2: Speaking of Robin Williams, my kid totally picked up on... Robin Williams being the same person as the genie and Adrian Cronauer from Good Morning Vietnam because we were listening to the soundtrack and the soundtrack has some of it would be like an air check of him from the movie. And as we were listening to it in the car, all of a sudden the kid goes, is that the genie? (laughs) And we were like, it is like well played. Not bad.
3: All right. Many companies and organizations are celebrating. uh, They celebrated Juneteenth, but at least one company they took things what they're saying a little bit too far. Well-intended gesture. uh, Now they're having to apologize. So Juneteenth, in case you weren't aware, celebration of the day slaves in Texas finally learned they were granted their freedom. Well, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Two
1: years. Mm -hmm. They'd been free for two years officially, and they didn't find out until two years later.
3: Yes. So two. Are you happy or pissed
1: at that point? I wonder. Like, if you're one of the original people on Juneteenth, it's like, you're free. That's great. I think you've been free month, for yeah. two years. What, what the? What? Yeah.
2: Your original emotion <laughs> is happy. Your original emotion is happy. And then it becomes too, dude, why did it take two years? All right. Mm-hmm. So what did, how, how did Snapchat screw, screw up? Screw
3: this one up. Yeah. So to honor the date, they released a new filter or lens that they do. And oh, my God. Was
2: it blackface? No.
3: It was with the words Juneteenth Freedom Day on the screens. And users were asked to smile. When they would smile, they would break the metal chains that were in the background. Well, people did say it was in bad taste, not a good idea. So uh, Snapchat removed the lens, issued an apology, saying that the filter was added without proper review, mm-hmm. and they're investigating so that this doesn't happen again. And finally, hey,
1: let's uh, let's take a break. I don't want to rush this because you know Aunt Jemima got the boot. Mm-hmm. The Uncle Ben The Lando Lakes a few weeks ago the Oh yeah From Lando Lakes uh, Got shown that the door
3: Not even a few weeks I think it was a couple months ago Like they could Yeah that one's been in the works for a while So that's why they're like We were ahead of you guys Buy our butter
1: Yeah And now there's another food product mm-hmm. That is being It looks like
3: I didn't even know this was out. real
1: mm-hmm. You didn't know it was real I've never You never heard of this product
3: I've heard of it, but I actually have never seen it like on the shelf.
1: Good lord. Alright, well, we'll find out what it is coming up in just a moment.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show
1: podcast. Are you ready for 109 degrees, San Angelo? Because that's what the high temperature is predicted to be. In El Paso, 10 105 for today's high temperature in Abilene. Nice and frosty at 103. For the high temperature. Let's see if that works out the way they're predicting. I guess the good news is we're going to see some rain moving into West Texas forecast uh, Monday night. And then for the rest of the week, instead of like 105, 109 in Abilene, San Angelo, in that area, we're going to see highs in the upper 80s and low to mid 90s. And uh, El Paso is going to stay up there in the upper 90s and near 100. Uh, but the range should cool things off for most of West Texas Monday night and into Tuesday. All right. Um, so a lot of the mascots for food uh, products that, that are, you know, they were racist when they started. And they're still yeah. racist today like the aunt jemima if anything i was surprised when this was a controversy last week that it was still a thing that it was still a thing i was like wow they, they're still doing that Aunt jemima i mean that's basically a like a mammy from mm-hmm. from the slave days
3: and lando lakes is just like Whoo, we were on top of this one <sighs> months ago we started shifting over good job lando lakes
1: what was the other one they're t- oh, uncle ben
3: uncle ben mm-hmm if Are they see-
2: getting rid of the cream of wheat
3: guy, too? Oh, sh- that company's like, shh, don't talk about that.
2: What does the cream of wheat look
3: like? Delicious.
1: Not, I don't know. what? This. Not what it does it taste like.
3: It's a, a chef. Ugh. Yep, no, it says right here, cream of wheat packaging under review. As long as you don't review that taste, because it's delicious. Yeah, just don't and-
2: change the recipe.
1: Have you seen like the early versions of Uncle Ben and the, the really early versions the of the guy? The guy used Jemima? to be white. What?
3: Look up Cream of Wheat advertisement and they have one from 1917 and it looks like Uncle Sam.
1: I guess I'm going to look up Cream of Wheat guy. Frank L. White. Um, you know, I don't know the full history, but that doesn't look exceptionally racist. You know at first glance, man, you know, I guess you got to get into okay. Look,
3: well, what
1: that. were all the
2: ads? The original well, he's boxes, the, the professional chef,
3: yeah. It says they, yeah, were it looks inflations. like a chef,
2: it looks like a professional chef, but right. no, he was like yeah, the guy, they... Frank L. White, was a professional chef.
1: <laughs> Somebody put a picture of the cream of white guy next to uh, cream Dan. of white, cream of, <laughs> <laughs> cream, of, cream of cream of wheat. Well, because his name was what did you say his name was, Frank L. White, yeah, white. They put a picture of that mascot next to Danny Glover. <laughs> the does. same thing. Yeah, it looks like
3: him. <laughs> Look, cream of wheat's delicious. Yeah, no, I I'd say keep him just because of the fact that he uh, was a real chef.
1: His name was Rastus. What? No, you just said his name was Frank. You know,
2: they yeah, well, the the real guy's name was Frank L. White, but. The fictional yeah. chef that he's like portraying is was identified as Rastus. I guess there's maybe some... it's
3: like the NBA. We're not, we're gonna pretend we don't know who that person is on the logo. Yeah, just so that we have to never pay them.
1: People should be pissed off that that's a white guy on the NBA logo. If anything, it's like <laughs> like one out of twenty players are Caucasian, and you picked one of them to be the NBA logo guy.
3: Man, why would?
1: Like I say, there's some of them that I look at, and I go, okay, well, clearly, clearly that's a oh, that's no. a racist caricature, but oh, for no. this one, oh, is there some bad news yep. in the background?
4: Okay.
3: Rastus is considered an offensive term for African Americans in the United States. It was used as a generic, often derogatory name for a black man
2: since 1880. Oh, remember, too. I read this on the air last oh. week. The Can we adver- call him Frank? I'll call him Frank. Yeah,
3: <laughs> call him Frank White. Give him his real name.
2: One of the advertisements that says that this anywhere from 1901 to 1925 was in this rant and it's got a picture of him holding what looks like a chalkboard, and it says maybe cream of wheat ain't got no vitamins. I don't know what them things is. If these bugs, they ain't none in cream of wheat, but she's show good Mm-mm. to eat and cheat. Good. Costs about if. It what If faux a great big dish. Oh, no. Oh, did I say one cent? Yeah, right. it costs about one cent faux a great big dish. Okay. Like I said, some of them are obviously racist. This one's not
1: as
3: obvious. Oh, this one. <laughs> but it is. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, yeah, because it says here, oh, Rastus is a stereotypically happy black man and became a familiar character in old minstrel shows. It's documented in... Uh, why didn't they just
1: name it after the guy? If they based it on an actual guy who was a chef, why didn't they just call it Frank? Duh, the it cream the of Wheat
2: turn of the century United States. It had to be racist. It's like, listen, we got this Duh. guy, but he's a he's
1: a black guy. But we need to make it more racist. So you
3: okay? So it looks you, like my, our
1: ad agency is going to get to work on that.
3: They probably had a
1: whole division that was just devoted to making things more racist than they had to be.
3: Yeah, it says here that it was uh, started in 1893, but then in the 1920s, they switched it with an actual photograph of the Chicago chef Frank L. White in a chef's hat and jacket. His face has now been featured on the box with only slight modifications until present day. So it is the actual chef now. So he does have, a, I guess, a derogatory beginning, but in the 1920s they switched it over to this actual chef, Frank White.
2: So do you really want to change that? He's a native of Barbados? Because they said it's up for review.
3: Yeah, it says he was working as a master chef at a Chicago restaurant at the time he was photographed for the cereal box in the 1900s. He lived in Michigan in his last decades, passed away in 1938 at the age of 70.
1: As I did an image search for uh for cream of wheat cuz i really couldn't remember what what a box of cream of wheat looked like it's so good a lot of other stuff came up like chef boyardee Oh. like are they talking about canceling chef boyardee because he was a real guy he was a real uh italian american chef and his name was biardi like here's i b
2: i o r d i and they simplified it to Boyardee. By the way, I share a birthday with Frank L. White of Cream of Wheat. Congratulations! Boom.
1: Well, some of these are very obvious, and then some of them you kind of have to look into it a little more. But Lisa, why don't you tell us about the next food that's uh, that's being canceled? But well, no, I guess the food is going to stick around, but they're changing mascot. the name and the mascot, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, it looks like the company actually helped to give Frank White a uh, a tombstone. Good for them.
1: It's the least they could do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they turned him into a racist caricature by the guy a headstone. You should have bought his coffin, too.
3: Yeah, it says he died in 1938, and it wasn't until 2007 that he finally got a grave marker. Uh, Until then, it was a little tiny concrete marker with no name on it. And then they finally got him a granite gravestone to put on the site. Oh, okay.
1: Well, that kind of sucks in that they use the guy's face to move tons of... Cream of wheat, and by the time he died, he they couldn't even he couldn't afford a gravestone. So it sounds like he was getting <laughs> getting the short end of the stick there somehow.
3: Yeah. Okay. So dryers, they will be changing the name of Eskimo Pie, saying that it is derogatory. That a marketing said they are committed to the solution of racial equality. The chocolate covered vanilla ice cream bars are the latest to join. Isn't that a, a Klondike bar?
0: I Thank thought, you. okay,
1: I thought Thank the Eskimo you. pie was like some some mushy cookie on the like as the bread, and the meat was the ice cream so. you thought it'
3: was an ice cream sandwich?
1: Yes, I thought it was an ice cream sandwich,
2: apparently, it's just a vanilla dipped in chocolate bar,
3: so it's a Klondike bar with a stick. I
2: mean what would you do for a Klondike bar? Well, this is an Eskimo Rename pie. It.
3: Yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yes, it looks like, and yeah, and then there's an old packaging of it, and it looks like it's a fudgesicle. Eskimo fudge pie. Okay. Uh, yeah, they said the chocolate-covered vanilla ice cream bars are the latest to join the other companies, changing their names and marketing strat- strategies before they are considered... Uh, because they are considered offensive. They say the term Eskimo is commonly used to refer to Inuit people in Alaska. Universe Alaska says it's considered derogatory because it was given to them by non-Inuit people. I am just more shooketh that an Eskimo pie this entire time is just a a chocolate bar. It's chocolate bar. An
1: ice cream bar covered in
3: chocolate. And you sounded Mm -hmm. so shocked that I said, I was like, I didn't know what an Eskimo pie was. Apparently you didn't either. No,
1: I thought it was like an ice cream sandwich.
3: So did I. Well, actually, I, I wondered if it was like an actual pie.
1: And then the box does have like a picture of a little cartoon Eskimo, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, Inuit uh, character next to it. So, are they gonna are they gonna change the mascot or just change the name altogether?
3: It doesn't say yet. They said that they are going to be changing the name and that the head of marketing said they're working on it.
1: What are they going to do about a Choco Taco? <laughs> are they, they going to leave Choco Taco alone? Because it is it is ice cream truck season. I haven't heard one in my neighborhood, but... It's the Buzz
0: Adams Morning Show Podcast.
1: All right, we need to start uh, whittling down for our Mount Rushmore of TV dance for Father's Day. Uh, the two that I feel strongly about are Andy Taylor from the Andy Griffith Show and I I think I think Mike Brady deserves a spot on there guys I'm seeing a lot of other good nominees on our Facebook and you know people are sending in got another vote here for Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince
3: that's my vote
1: Uh, Red Foreman from that 70s show oh here's one I had heard Eric says Hal from Malcolm in the Middle
3: Hmm. Did you see also someone said, uh, "Does Scrooge count? Because he took in three nephews."
1: Oh, you mean Scrooge McDuck?
3: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah.
2: Wait a minute, Scrooge who was Donald Duck? Was their dad, wasn't he? No, no, no. Was- uncle what? Uncle Donald. No, he was the uncle. Yeah. So uncle who the hell Don- was their dad? We don't know. Who
3: dropped him off? What is it, DuckTales? I'm looking it up.
2: Well, (laughs) they were around before DuckTales. Yeah, it was the son that was the lady's kid.
3: Oh, okay. So it follows Scrooge McDuck and his three grandnephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So
1: Scrooge McDuck was Donald's uncle. Wait. Yeah, I don't know.
2: So Let's see.
3: And who's Launchpad?
2: Launchpad <laughs> McQuack. He was the pilot.
1: What about Carl Winslow? Uh Brandon. He's a good had, one. Brandon mentioned that earlier. Right? Isn't that mm-hmm. the guy from Urkel? Yes.
2: Family Matters. Al Bundy. Yeah?
1: Mm, was he? Yeah, you know.
2: You know there's there's actually there was a one of the moments that proved the kind of father he was. They go to a car wash to get his remember he was always just, he loved his car and it was going to click over to 1 million miles and it was like a big ordeal. Loved his car. He took it in and then the people at the car wash come out and they tell him, "Hey, we lost your car. We don't know where it is." And he's adamant, "I want that car. I want that car." And the whole time, the the company comes out and they're willing to give him like $25,000 or some sort of insane amount for his car. And he keeps turning down the money and his family's getting upset with him. It's just a car. The car sucks. Get rid of it. So at the end of the episode, they find it. And they're like, it was so dirty. It came out a different color and we didn't realize it was the same car. So as the episode ends, he goes out to the car. The family gets inside. He opens the trunk, and he looks in the back, and there's a picture of him with his family that was the only picture that he had with them, and that's what he wanted. It wasn't the car. It was the picture with the family. Oh, so he was a good dad.
1: Boom. Herman Munster. There you go. I got an audio. I don't know if you guys played this audio last week, but like back in the 60s... You were here last week. Two weeks ago, then. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Herman Munster had a clip from the 60s that was, like, really progressive. Did you guys listen to that?
3: I've seen it, right, yeah. so,
1: so how about this?
3: Um, oh, I don't know who the parents are. Sorry.
1: Mike Brady definitely in. And you guys going to give me Andy Taylor? From the <sighs> Andy Griffith
3: Yo, Andy I show. I uh, don't come back to that one continue
1: no 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 that's the one that I'm
3: I never like, you never stuck.
1: saw no. the Andy Griffith show what the hell who are the parents of the of the Huey, Louie, and Dewey
3: Della Duck Donald's sister
1: She's a hoe. She must have gotten in some trouble. Oh yeah, show. They
3: were originally sent to visit Donald for one day, and then in the comics, though the three were sent to stay with Donald on a temporary basis until their father came back from the hospital. The boys ended up sending him there after a practical joke of putting firecrackers firecrackers under his chair. And apparently, uh, yeah, he went to the Navy, and that's how he ended up. They ended up with Scrooge.
2: <laughs> Woo! <laughs> do 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 do.
1: I'm taking seriously this Herman Munster. I thought that was a great one. Mm -hmm. That is a good good one. one. The Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, for our Father's Day Mount Rushmore, post Father's Day, I should say, we got to start sewing this up. So I just want to throw a couple things at you. Mm -hmm. You know, for like 30 years, if you were doing a list of the greatest TV dads, Cliff Huxtable. Yeah. He'd, he'd be been, number 1. He'd be the George Washington of that Mount Rushmore. I want to I want to keep
2: in mind we can't put Bill Cosby on a list of greatest TV dads. I anymore. did have to I'm show sorry. my wife um some of the Bill Cosby as himself stand up, but I have to I prefaced it with remember he's a rapist. Yeah. But it summed up something that happened over the weekend perfectly and it was the scene where he's talking about the kid getting the cookie and he's like did I just tell you not to do that but I got it for you because my kid hid a cookie in the house like she took it out and she hid it in the back room and then all of a sudden the dog comes trotting out with the cookie cookie in its mouth and so her excuse was well I was going to give it to dad later and we're like uh uh no way like sorry. So you had to show her the I so and then so I showed my wife the, I
0: have a cookie for you. Yeah. <laughs> you said for not to foot drink your drink.
2: And it's like but it summed it up so perfectly. Like, but I keep I think in I, mind
1: this man is a monster.
2: Yeah. But this I is said funny. That, yeah, like I said that at the <laughs> beginning. I think I said it a couple of times in the middle, and then even when it's over, I was like, but remember, he's a rapist.
1: All right. I've got Andy Taylor. From uh, the Andy Griffith Show.
2: Okay, so do you want me to mark these down? Uh, so I'll start, I'll, start, I'll start marking.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Really fighting for that one.
1: I- I'm willing to fight for that one. Here's a clip. Uh, you ask anybody named Andy. If you guys aren't as familiar with the Andy Griffith Show, uh, here's a little bit of what Sheriff Andy Taylor was all about. Ah. see Mayberry defunded their police a long time ago that's why Barney only got one bullet and he had to keep it in his pocket at all (laughs) (laughs) Herman Munster from the Munsters is this one of your votes this is Herman Munster in 1965 think about where we are in 2020 this was Herman Munster's take on equality in 1965
2: And that man grew up to be the judge in my cousin Vinny. What's a ute? And uh Mike Brady. Those are my
1: three that I really feel pretty strongly about. And you let's can't hear- take three. <clears throat> no, well, he gets he gets a vote. Nomination. Like everybody like you get to pick your four. But let's hear a little bit of Mike Brady being a great
0: dad. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: Well, I guess we didn't officially uh, come up with our four for the Mount Rushmore of Fathers, <laughs> Not even right? close.
3: No. I was wondering why you were taking so long. I'm like, Buzz, you get, you're just going to pick three and we get one?
1: No, I just thought we had a little more time. So here are it's some... It's big-ass uh, clock right in front of you. Here are some comments. Furman says, Tom Cunningham from Happy Days. It's Howard, Howard Cunningham. Cunningham. But that is a good one. He always had real solid advice, not only for Richie, but for Fonzie. a lot of times, too. He was like a surrogate father for Fonzie, so I would, I would be on board with, how, with Mr. C from Happy Days. Let's see. Family Ties. What was the... Uh, so it was the Keaton family, but I can't remember the dad's name. Alex was Michael J. Fox. Uh Yeah, but see, I have a hard time if none of us can remember the The dad's name? If we can't remember the dad's name, should he really be in Steven. the running? Stephen Keaton. That doesn't help. I remember the mom was Elise. God, it's kind of concerning that I that I couldn't come up with that. There's a lot of of things you haven't been able to come up with recently. Santiago says Frank
2: Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) Danny Tanner. That's a good one. But then again, I mean, Mm -hmm. he did lean pretty heavily on the Uncle Joey and Uncle Jesse. What was the deal? Did his wife die? Yeah, Yeah. his wife died and... Was he related to these other two guys? Uncle Jesse was the brother. He's the brother-in-law. And then Joey was just that guy. Come on, cut it out. I didn't give uh, Lannis Morissette her cross-eyed bear back, so leave me alone. We got a recommendation for Charles Ingalls. Who's that? Little
1: House on the Prairie. Oh.
5: Mm.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a comedy. I mean, it had lighthearted moments. Um, TJ says... Wait, are these sitcom dads or TV dads? I'm confused. Sitcom, I thought, was what we started off with. Yeah. Uh, Which is why Walter White is out. Yeah. I mean, if we were just doing TV dads, Walter White was willing to do a lot to make sure that his family was going to be provided for. I'm not saying I agree with his message.
2: Remember that. I am the one who knocks. Joe
1: Walsh from Beverly Hills 90210 I never watched the Beverly Hills The dude from Hills. The Eagles? Uh, Not a comedy so how about the dad from Family Matters that's come up a few times Carl Winslow
3: Yeah he was a good dad
1: If you were gonna pick your number one pick even if it's something that, that's already been mentioned or that I even mm-hmm. one of the ones I've mentioned who, who do you who do you pick? Uncle Phil Wait, out of all of them or the, or the three that you picked? All of them, including the, th- just all of them. So my, my three that I really, were Andy Taylor from the Andy Griffith Show, Herman Munster from the Munsters. Mike Brady. Yeah, Mike Brady.
2: There you go. So does anybody agree with any of those? I mean, I, I would definitely agree with all of them, but I don't know if they're the Mount Rushmore for me. I do like Uncle Phil. I'm more, like, I'm leaning, like, I grew up, you know, with Tim Taylor as a dad. Somebody suggested
1: the, uh, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Tim Allen. The Tim Allen character from a show called Last Man Standing.
2: Oh, which is kind of a very similar show to uh, um, Home Improvement.
3: Yeah. I...
2: I can't say that I've watched it. The Last Man Standing? Was that the one that, that got the boot? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and then, like, Republicans were all up in arms, and... And they brought it back somehow? Yeah, I yeah, think right. network brought it back or something like
1: that. But I'm, I'm a bit, like, I'm, like... I mean, when I say I've never seen it, I've, I've been in a room while it's been on,
2: and... uh, For our... me, the ones that I grew up on, I would go, like, I'm going Tim Taylor was a big one for me, um... Uncle Phil and Dan Connor from Roseanne. Like I think he's definitely got to be up there. You know, we do have to have
1: some inclusivity here with our Mount Rushmore fathers. Well, we
3: do. What's wrong with it?
1: Well, I'm just saying that that, that's a good... Like I said, up until a few years ago, Cliff Huxtable would have been a no-brainer. He would have absolutely been the number one. I think something for like twenty five years, he was America's favorite TV dad of all time. Oh, I think. According yeah, I think to,
2: anytime they did one of those polls, he's always, he always came in at number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. we
1: can't put freaking Cliff Huxtable on our Mount Rushmore dads. He's a pervert. And somebody said, "Well, you should separate the character from the actor." Yeah, but he created mm-hmm. that character. Like that was and that his was brainchild. that was him. I mean, and that he was, was a basically
2: <laughs> yeah. So in real life and in fantasy he was drugging women and uh getting into their pants going downstairs. Oh no. Ward Cleaver, I mean Ward Cleaver. And that's Clea- where remember that's where his office in his house was. It that was it was downstairs at his house. TJ says Ward Cleaver
1: and I know that that was an older show but but Ward Cleaver was kind of the quintessential sitcom dad for a couple of generations there. So I think he should definitely be considered in the running. Joanna, I haven't heard much from you. Who is your
2: Mount Rushmore of sitcom dads? Hold on. Before Joanna goes, I need you to look at your board really quick there, buddy. And look at the pot that Joanna is on. And there should be a button that says either don't push or keep on. And it's not what it's supposed to be because Joanna's oh. not being right. on here. Oh, no. There it How is. about now? Yep.
5: Nice buzz. Sorry
2: about that. <laughs> so there's going to be. So here's. Uh, so if you're <laughs> listening to this in the podcast and you haven't heard Joanna for most of the show,
3: oh no! Now
5: oh, no. you know why.
2: why I didn't did you push, push. I. I don't think I did. Who,
1: were, who would've, David? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. That's stupid. Fred Sanford, you big dummy.
5: <laughs> Anyways, I really liked the suggestion of Herman Munster.
1: Oh, you... I used to
5: watch that show all the time.
1: And he was, like, a he really good dad. He was a good
5: really dad. good dad. He took in the the cousin. Marilyn. Marilyn, who was so pretty, but they were like, oh, she looks so weird.
1: But she was a freak.
5: <laughs> she was a freak God, to them. It's
1: like that Twilight Zone <laughs> But he <laughs> still episode. showed
2: her, like, yes. like fatherly <laughs> f- compassion and mm-hmm. love, even though she was so hideous. <laughs> yeah. You remember that Twilight Zone episode where it's the lady... Who oh. has the bandages all over her face? But and they're like, maybe any, we like, fixed you and made you made
1: you finally not so hideous and disgusting. And then when they take the bandages off, all the doctors <laughs> are like
2: ah! and then it shows the woman's face and she's beautiful. Looks completely normal. <laughs> yeah. At least to us. And then as it pans out, all the doctors have these to us deformed faces. Right. So like all the normal looking people are monsters. And
1: she's like what what that just came to mind. I mean, it doesn't have anything
2: to do with Mount Rushmore, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no there's no dad in that
1: episode. So, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Another vote for Al Bundy. I'm going by the, uh, off
2: of uh, our Facebook uh, stream. Homer Simpson hasn't gotten a love on the show today.
3: <sighs> nah. Well,
2: listen, I love the Simpsons and I
1: love Homer, but I wouldn't put him out there as like an ideal dad. Yeah. yeah. He's obviously an alcoholic. Um, he doesn't set
2: a good example. Would you say he sets a great example for the kids? Nope. I think he loves his family, but I think he has... I think what we're trying to find here is that more... The sitcoms that, like you're saying with Herman Munster, I think is more the right. ideals we're looking for. Let me just go... I mean, not to say the flaws aren't something that everybody's got to deal
1: everybody's with. Everybody's got flaws, and I'm not looking for some, you know, picture-perfect dad necessarily, but... Uh, Tom uh, Sylvia says Tom Corbett from the courtship of Eddie's father I'm willing to bet right here and now that you guys don't have any idea what the the courtship the courtship of Eddie's father
5: no clue Mm.
1: so the dad was played by Bill Bigsby who went on to play uh, David Banner aka Bruce Banner in the TV version of the Hulk but you guys have never heard of the courtship of Eddie's father nope I not surprised that one did get rerun a lot uh zach hello zach doing, hey zach who who should be on the mount rushmore of sitcom dads
6: you haven't have talked about it. me and my son are in the car going to a doctor's appointment um but i said uh red foreman from the 70s show cause that's what i grew up with is that kind of mentality and that kind of
2: Act like that towards my kid because you know. <laughs> Wait a second. You you, act like, do, you, gr- you, do you car kid dumbass a lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just stupid. <laughs> do
6: you know? Red Foreman, I think, would be a good one.
2: You know, I could
1: never. I like the '70s show, and I like uh, Red Foreman. But I could never get over that the actor was the one who played Clarence Boddicker, the bad guy in the original RoboCop. Like,
2: I couldn't see oh, it right.
1: <laughs> I forget uh, the actor's name right now, but he was the bad guy. Yeah, uh, in RoboCop, and I just that was always in my mind. Like, what else did uh, make a make a further case for Red Foreman? I'm I'm willing to listen. Go ahead. Uh, let me
6: think. So Red Foreman, like stupidity, like you can't get that dummy call them out on it. It it wasn't like, it's not soft like it is now. Yeah. Um, So it's more of, that's how I like life to be, and I like to, you know, my kids to learn and be treated, not treated, but, you know, get taught not to be dumb. You know, like you said, not to be a dumbass.
1: Don't be a dumbass.
6: It always comes to my, every time it comes to my head, my wife will say something, and that's like the first thing that comes to my mind. Because I'm like, you know to do the right thing, but you want to act like that.
1: And I think somebody had, branded. I think, had, had mentioned Red earlier in the mm-hmm. show. All right. Thanks, Zach. We'll put that down. You make a good case. All right. We'll see you later. Say hi to your dumb asses for us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse in the Facebook chat says Red Foreman was a hard ass, but he was still a good dad.
5: He took in Steven.
2: Here is Honest Pedro. What's up, Pedro?
1: Hey, how about Ben Cartwright? That crossed my mind. So Ben Cartwright was the dad on uh, uh, Bonanza, right? Not a sitcom.
6: Not a uh, well.
1: There were some guess funny I, moments, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know. Not a yeah. No qualifiers. They're telling me it's all sitcoms. So, but he was a good okay. dad. I mean, did you yeah. did you know the part of the story that all of those boys had different mothers?
6: Yeah,
1: yeah. They there was one episode where they explained like Haas's mother was a was a big Norwegian woman, and and then Ben Cartwright had all of these different wives, and they each had a kid. That's why the brothers didn't look anything alike.
6: Yeah, i was gonna say they didn't look, Little Joe and then Haas were like, no,
1: that's not the same mother. Mm-hmm. Right on. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Pedro. Okay. See you later. All right. Buddy. We'll see you, buddy. King of the Hill. Yeah, Hank Hill. You know, we said no to Homer. How about Ned Flanders? Tony put Ned Flanders in here in the chat. He's a great father.
2: What about (laughs) Grandpa Simpson? I mean, he's the, you know, the head of the Simpson household, kind of. Except he's in the old folks' home. Wasn't he
1: like a terrible dad to Homer, though? he was horrible. he He was awful. Horrible.
2: They always do those flashback scenes. There's the one where... Homer would would sit and watch television. He watched, And this obviously was in the early run of the show because they haven't aged. But Homer was watching the moon landing and all these other major events. And then when they go to his household, like his his childhood home, there's uh, radioactivity coming from that TV. So there's an outline of Homer sitting watching TV on the wall that got imprinted (laughs) from the radioactivity coming off the television. Uh, Just a couple more notes.
1: We're going to do rock news. And then I'll tell you what, when we come back from the commercials, Brandon, present me... With a draft of the final list for the Mount Rushmore sitcom dads, you got it. um does goofy count? This is from Adrian. I, listen it, if you've ever seen a goofy movie or the the Mickey Mouse Christmas uh, goofy would do anything for Max. Anything? Yes. I mean, he was a great dad. Yeah,
3: that he really was a great dad.
1: But I don't know if that's a sitcom or not. Yeah, I don't think it would count. Different Strokes Dad. So, I'm trying to remember. What was the... So, you had Willis and Arnold. And what was the dad's name? I mean, I can see him as plain as day. Mr... Drummond. Um, it, yeah. Mr. Drummond. And he adopted him? I think they were like his maid's kids, and something happened, so he adopted him. God, I wonder... I guess that that whole dynamic probably hasn't aged well, right? <laughs> uh, Mr. Belvedere. He wasn't the dad. He was the butler. Yeah, I never really What's watched Mr. Belvedere, but, but wasn't the he the bub? Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere. Oh, man, right? no. He was the butler, right? I believe so. Yeah. This is going back way before my time. Ozzy from Ozzy and Harriet gets a mention here. Phil Dunphy, I'm I'm good with that.
2: Like Phil Dunphy is one of the most hilarious dads from sitcoms. One of the things that I'm willing to do here that we would def- that would be an honorable mention, or somebody separate would be Al Bundy slash. JP Pritchett. Pritchett played by the same guy. How am I gonna make the image of that? <laughs> That's what you're concerned about? You don't have <laughs> to put it in there.
6: Stupid.
2: No, I
1: always do like a like a face in a hole image for the Mount Rushmore. Right. I could probably We're just, just
3: excited he actually is talking about posting
2: an article. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: He's like, I'm gonna do this don't make it difficult
2: Hank Hill you yeah, will spend, lo- spend an hour on that and then i will complain about having to hit 250 words uh, <laughs> <sighs> Hal
1: from Malcolm in the Middle yeah. Mike Brady got another one there James Evans from Good Times
2: dad. Carl Winslow getting a lot of love man
3: yeah he was a good dad Lots of, he taught him remember a lot of things remember when he zing? went to
2: those other cops who pulled over his kid just because he was a black guy in the neighborhood
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, really yeah. yeah he was like B- oh, yeah. BLM back before BLM remember, no he was a cop
4: mm-hmm.
2: yeah but he was also remember, is, like Family Matters is the sequel to Die Hard like he retired <laughs> briefly and then ended up in Chicago on Family Matters ended up next to Urkel who do you think you would rather have Hans Gruber or Urkel Eric says the dad from the Wonder Years. Somebody oh, else Jack remember- Arnold. Somebody else said earlier absolutely not him because they called him a terrible dad. I never really watched the Wonder Years, so I don't know. I watched, but I didn't think the dad was like a main character. It was mostly
1: uh, Kevin, Winnie. Paul. And uh, the kid who grew up to be Marilyn Manson, they said. Huh. <laughs> Paul. Yeah. Do you remember that? that was they a, said that oh Paul man. from Wonder Years grew up to it be Marilyn, Marilyn Manson. Manson. Yeah, and, people, and there were people like... They
2: would have the picture of him from their show and then a picture of Marilyn Manson. It's like, look, it's
0: the same guy.
1: Marcos makes a case for Homer Simpson. You ready?
2: Do it. Homer took another job to pay for Lisa's horse. That's true. <laughs> and he went back to... The nuclear power plant because they had Maggie and there's a sign in front of him that said don't forget you're here forever and then he posted pictures of Maggie so that it actually said do it for her and then there's Bart Uh,
1: (laughs) so we're seeing a lot of repeat votes on the Facebook we're seeing a lot of Tim, Tim Allen for tool time
3: yeah I could see that
1: Uncle Phil, I mean, listen. I shouldn't have to say this, but I I don't want it to all be like a Mount Rushmore of all white guys because we've already got one of those. There needs to be some inclusiveness.
5: Uncle Phil.
2: I mean, the couple you got Uncle, Uncle Phil and-, and Carl Winslow are yeah, yeah, definitely great. in the in the conversation. They, were, they need to be in
3: there. I agree.
1: Because for obvious reasons, we can't put Bill Cosby on enlisted list of TV dads anymore. <laughs> no, I guess, yeah.
3: for me, I'm thinking Uncle Phil, he's almost my George Washington. All
1: right, Lisa, I know you're an I Love Lucy fan. So, uh, Andrew says Ricky Ricardo from I Love Lucy. They really didn't do a lot with it the really kid, so right? didn't okay on
5: them being Ricky. parents. I
1: mean, it was a big deal when Lucy was... Expecting? Pregnant. Well, they didn't say pregnant. Remember, mm. they wouldn't use that word. She was She's expecting
3: having a baby. Little Ricky but, wasn't. He was only in like the later season
5: when they move out into the countryside. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So I, I would have
5: a dog named Fred.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't really put them because I'm trying to think of a show <sighs> where the father figure was very central, teaching, growing up. Um, life lessons for the kids and that's why I think Uncle Phil, you know, he took Will in when, hey, there's some stuff going down in Philly, we need him to get out of the city can you take care of him? Yeah, but he's going to raise him, he's going to have rules he's going to have things he has to follow, that's why I love Uncle Phil, I think he's such a great character.
2: No more chilling out Max and relaxing all cool. Shooting some people outside of the the school. Yeah. I just want to say because people keep, you know out there there's a couple of guys who are up to no good. They started making trouble in in his neighborhood.
3: I There's think Carl Winslow. Fight. Carl Winslow, I think, is another really good choice too, because I think same thing. You know, Steve was over at that house far more than he should have been. But instead of you know kicking him out all the time, he let the kids stay and well, hang out. He
1: Kicked him out a lot too. Yeah, yeah,
3: but he stayed drove more than him
1: he nuts. Have. Let's get one more call. We, I guess we got a break at this point. Yeah, right? and then we but come, when we and come, we come back from the break,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you got to wrap it up. You got to give you, me
3: you. Why are you telling us? You're the one. <laughs>
2: Because he doesn't want to have to make the decision. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fabian, hello.
1: Hey, what's up, Buzz?
2: We're doing we got a the... I've um, for you to
1: think about. All right. Uh, how about, did you guys mention Fred Sanford? Yeah, Fred yeah. Sanford's been mentioned a couple of times. I mean, Archie didn't Bunker? he... Yeah, Archie Bunker definitely loved his daughter, but he was kind of abusive to, to Edith. Meathead. He called her a well, Dean bad and meathead. Yeah. I mean, he was like super racist and stuff, but... And, and then well, the guy I can't remember his name, but remember the dad from Made Is Enough." Br- you know that, gotten, one, that was that show was super super popular when I was a kid, but I never Tom I never,
2: Bradford. You know what it was? It Very was like an hour
1: long. He's played think, by it was Dick Van Patten. My when that show was popular, my attention span was thirty minutes. I couldn't watch anything unless <laughs> it was Dukes a Hazard for over thirty minutes. Right. All right. Okay. Thanks, Fabian. Thanks, thanks for the buddy, suggestions. Thanks. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. Brandon is going to give us a draft of our Mount Rushmore of TV sitcom dads. A lot of pressure. It is on you. So we're going to have that on the way when we come back here. And we're doing this in honor of Father's Day being yesterday.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast.
1: Brandon, do you have a proposed
2: list? Like a rough draft. Not a full one, but I do have some locks that I think that we have narrowed it on.
1: Here's something that got suggested. It's uh, sitcom dads of all time. Let me just put this out there.
2: A Festivus for the rest of us!
1: So George Costanza's dad gave the world Festivus. I don't know if that, you know...
2: Puts him in the running. Well, I think one of the big things, too, is if we were talking specifically about actors who have done this, you would have to put Jerry Stiller and Ed O'Neill up there because they've played two very good Mm TV sitcom dads. dads, Yeah. Because Jerry Stiller was on Seinfeld and then King of Queens. And then you have Ed O'Neill as Al Bundy and Jay Pritchett.
1: Nobody's brought up Fred McMurray from My Three Sons, but I feel like My Three Sons is a show that used to get shown in reruns a lot, but it's probably a lot harder to find. So the two that
2: I have, pretty good locks at this point. You can agree or disagree with me. Herman Munster. Is everybody kind of on He board was with on that? my short
1: list, so I really like Herman
2: Munster. Yeah. And Uncle Phil. Yes. From Fresh Prince. From Fresh Mm -hmm. Prince. I mean, yeah, it's like oh, but he was well, but he was also the dad to Hillary and Carlton and Ashley. Yeah. You put him over the dad from Family
3: Matters. I would put those; those two are the ones that I would fight for.
1: You would put both of them in there. Yeah. In exchange, I mean, not that I disagree, but
2: would you give me either Mike Brady or Andy? Andy Taylor. See, and this is where it's it's being narrowed down here where I'm getting to Andy Taylor, Mike Brady. Howard Cunningham was really good. I don't you know, even know really who that solid. Is. From Happy Days. See, from Happy Days.
3: Mm-hmm. See, I think this is where you're getting into the generation thing because I've been seeing a lot of people voting for um George Lopez. <sighs> And I think that the thing is, is I didn't really watch that show. I didn't ever show. Really watch the exactly. George Lopez show. I didn't watch any of those. Anymore.
2: Stop and think about it. Ron Howard I'd heard pretty too many good stories TV about- dads. Stop and think about that for a second. He mm-hmm. had Andy Taylor, and then he had Howard Cunningham.
3: Yeah, but how is Buzz going to make that into a face in the hole?
2: <laughs> that was just a side note. Okay, so do we have three of them locked down? You want to say... I don't know about Herman three, Munster. But I think I think Herman Munster's in. Uncle Phil. I think Uncle Phil is in. Mm-hmm. Mike Brady? God, it's really close, man. <sighs> I mean, he did raise not only his three kids, but those three very lovely girls as and well. And then
5: Cousin Oliver came
3: along.
2: Yeah, when all the other kids started to grow up and not be so cute anymore.
3: I'd be cool with Mike Brady and Carl Winslow.
2: And and what, you're leaving Andy Taylor out in the cold? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: See for me, I, I I lean more towards like a like Tim Taylor or Dan Connor.
3: See, and those are two other really good options.
2: And I think if I had to pick between the two, I'm man, I don't know. <laughs> I never really got into Roseanne, and then you
1: know Roseanne pulled that stunt a couple of years ago. It's kind of tainted the whole thing. But I was never a fan to begin
2: with. So, but he was oh, but great. Was great. He was show. good on that
3: show. I didn't even like Roseanne and I liked his character on that show. He when was Becky hilarious. Runs off, he still supports her. Um
5: Joanna. Yeah.
3: What are your votes?
5: I'm down with Herman Munster being it. Okay, well, we so got We got him, we got Joanna. Him. Come on. Okay. God, it so sounds Herman,
1: like Herman Munster might be in the George Washington position yeah. for our Mount Rushmore.
5: Who? Uh, what options do we have left? So the two that we, I think we, I'm going to say no to the Andy Griffith.
2: <coughs> wind Ooh, why?
5: Yeah, girl. Because I never watched that show. Neither did I. Well,
2: I don't think I ever was, watched. He was it, great. Trust me. But that godforsaken <laughs> theme, like he song. would run people out. Right. Like, like the
3: second I heard the. Yeah, I knew
5: that I'm when like, it was time to go to bed. It's time to go to sleep.
3: Yeah, see, if he was that good of a TV dad, we would have watched. If Mash
5: started, ooh, I was way late to bed.
3: Yeah, see, that's the thing is three out of four
2: I people used to do the same thing. Like you would know when by what show came on, whether or not it was really or late. If or if I night. wake yeah.
5: up in the middle of the night, the TV still on, Mash, and I'm like, oh, it's three. In the see, morning. but that's
3: what's trending right now on Twitter is everyone saying like George Lopez. How many of you did you fall asleep to watching George Lopez? He was the TV. Oh, because someone wrote that I think on Twitter. They wrote, "Happy Father's Day to the real dad that raised me, the George Lopez show." <laughs> and that's how the whole thing started. I'll be oh.
1: honest, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of the George. George Lopez show. But
3: I think I that's the generation heard. thing is that I think the younger generation they grew up on Nick at Night, George Lopez was the late night show. So they all remember George Lopez as the father figure. That's why they said happy father's okay. day to my real dad. George so Joanna, Lopez. here's
2: what we're looking at. <laughs> mm-hmm. Andy Taylor, mm. Mike Brady, Tim Taylor, Dan Conner, Carl Winslow. I think <gasps> I, I know I that there's other the... ones that that are on here, but I think if we've narrowed it down to that, can we all agree on I... that? Yeah. Okay.
4: Uh-huh.
2: How about Ross?
3: Where'd you just come from with
2: that? <laughs> Ross? Somebody said that on the Facebook chat a Did long they? time ago. Yeah. No, Who's I that? didn't see that. Ross from Friends. From Friends. He was the one who had a kid.
3: That we never saw the child after we saw season the kid. Two? Maybe like.
2: Well, he also twice. had a monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had two kids. Remember Emma? Oh, that's right. No. Come on. No. All right, Joanna. So Andy Taylor, Mike Brady. Tim Taylor, Dan Conner, and Carl Winslow. You got two spots for those.
5: Because I grew up in that TGIF lineup on ABC on Friday nights. Yeah. I'm going to go with Carl Winslow. Woo! Buzzley?
3: is going to throw a fit. Oh God.
5: <laughs>
1: I mean, Andy Taylor and Mike Brady are are right up there. I mean, either
2: one of those I'd be happy with. I mean, I would would go with Andy Taylor, but again, like both Joanna and Lisa, I haven't, I never watched the show.
3: I would say Mike Brady and Carl Winslow.
2: Also, in retrospect, Andy Taylor was a good dad to
1: Opie, but he would totally run undesirables out of Mayberry. Like he would trick him into leaving and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. somebody suggested Gomez Adams listen we're not doing two monster shows <laughs> <laughs> it's Herman Munster yeah. we need or, representation or right we're not doing two monsters okay <laughs> alright so Herman Munster Carl Winslow
3: uh-huh.
1: and Mike Brady yeah great dad are we, are, is everybody okay. cool with gay, that gay by the way so a little more diversity there, there for you everybody go. Well, I'm down with
3: Mr. Brady I'm down with Mr. Brady
2: I think we got I our four. Wait, it. and then what's the fourth one? Uncle Phil? No, Carl. Well, yeah, Carl Winslow. So you got Mike Brady. No, no. Uncle Phil. Uncle Carl Phil Winslow, and different... Herman Munster.
1: Yeah. Oh, so we're doing Uncle Phil and Carl Winslow.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just said. Uh-huh. You're the one who said he, you wanted diversity. You know, I
2: was gonna say, please make a note. Yeah, also, but let's not overdo shows.
5: <laughs> <laughs> we only got one monster show.
1: Which one came first, the Adams family or the Munsters?
5: I don't, I don't know. remember. I know for sure that the Adams family was on before the Munsters.
2: Are we playing like on Herman- the time slot on Nick at Night?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> are we putting Herman Munster in that pole position? I think so. Like yeah. The George I think, Washington. I think yeah, was, I'm
3: okay with that,
2: especially after that speech about being different. Hey, do we have to break or are we going to get to no, uh, rock news? No, we got we, we got a break.
3: We've been throwing it back for an hour. Yeah matters at this point i was thinking you're gonna forget
1: no no no. i want to are you doing the the thing about kurt cobain's guitar yes because i just found out a fascinating story about
3: do you mean how it's already up on our website but yeah continue
1: no i'm talking about somebody easy. on facebook Lisa, don't expect too much okay <laughs> like easy easy i'll need to add add to the rock news all right so
3: <laughs> okay you haven't even done it yet but you're already adding things
5: Mhm. <laughs>
1: There's also a band that has their own brand of deodorant.
3: Got
5: it.
1: That we need to talk about. Fantastic.
5: Ooh.
1: It smells smells like mosh pit. All right. So here's what we got: Herman Munster. Yeah. Uncle Phil. Yeah. Mike Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Carl
2: Winslow. Mm-hmm. Is that what is that what we're locked? I mean, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that too. Down. Because so, I I if I mean I I honestly I wouldn't be able to decide between. A Carl Winslow or a Dan Conner or a Tim Taylor. So I could keep trying to argue that point, but I'm good with that.
3: I'm good with it too. All
2: right, that's our Mount Rushmore of sitcom fathers. Got to draw the line somewhere.
1: Ward Cleaver's on the outside looking in. So's Andy Andy Taylor's out in the cold. (laughs) So's Howard Cunningham. Oh, man. See, I feel bad about that one. He was a great TV dad.
0: It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast.
1: I feel like we have a lot of rock news, so we should probably just
2: get into that right away and hold on. I have I got something quick I gotta we, ask Lisa, Okay. Cause Lisa shared this on Facebook. What? Where it says, Do all Hispanic siblings say <laughs> my mom when referencing towards towards her like we don't share the same mom? So yeah, do totally. you do that? Totally. Like when you talk to your brother and sister.
5: Oh yeah, no, but have been called out for that. So yeah. you do for it my too? Friends, yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: because my wife does it, but she explained to me. She's like, because in the in the tr- a translation from Spanish, that's how it technically translates. When oh you're, no, we're talking about your. Mom. We just
3: do it like, hey, your mother called your mother too. Ugh, don't tell me that. Oh, because the way they'll
2: do it as well <laughs> is when they're talking about it, they'll say like, well, my mom did this, or but my they're mo- referring my to my mom's calling you. Yeah, like, but when you're talking to your brother. Yeah. Would you say I talked to mom today, or would you say I talked to my mom today? I'd say I talked to mom today. Yeah, see, yeah, no. Why would I say my mom? It's his mom too. But see, that's that's I the do thing that a is lot. that the way that the translation, I guess, works out. At least that's the way my wife explained Mi it to me. Madre, was. not our madre. Yeah. Or whatever.
3: See, for us, yeah. it's it's either we're either claiming her or not claiming her. We're like, yes, <laughs> my mother. Or like, my mother called me today. And it's like, oh, she called you? Cool, she didn't call me. <laughs> or then it, when it's like, oh, your mother called today. What did she want? What did the lady want from you today?
5: And I've had friends call me out on that. They're like, you guys share the same mom. Why are you saying it like that?
3: We're claiming. Either, you know, model. we're I having mean, a good day. It's my mom right now, so. Yeah, exactly. It's my mom today. She's, you know, we're in a good place right now. But who, then if she's mad who at said me, that oh, it was a lefto-
1: Who said it was a leftover from the Spanish language? My wife. Oh. Did she explain it?
2: Yeah, Brandon. She just said it's a translation it. thing. That's how she explained it to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I didn't say she went into a full, in-depth explanation on when, it. When
1: I first moved to El Paso, I couldn't understand. Like people would call for request because uh-huh. I was on a night, and people said, "Can you put me some Metallica, or can you put me some Led Zeppelin?" I was uh-huh. like, "What the hell?" But in English, right? I was like, "What do you mean? Can I put? Who says that?" I guess it's like how you would say it in Spanish translated directly into english it's
3: just as, i think also it's just slang it's just slang no i just it's like whenever I, like i when never stuck to think about it yeah yeah i i, I don't I think about like, it hey, it just happens
5: my mom's calling
3: it. yeah or like when you're saying you're fixing to do something you're not actually fixing everything you're just preparing to do something or finna Funna. finna i'm funna finna go to the store it's finna go to the store yeah, but I mean, it's our whole family because my whole family is now responding is on this, laughing. What
1: does mean? Fixing, fixing two.
3: Yeah, it's like a fixing two.
1: I'm fitting it. That's really how like my people would say it is. I'm finna.
2: My people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: My people. <laughs> Oklahomans.
3: Yeah, no, I, I I think it is a Hispanic thing because my whole family is commenting like laughing about it. And they're like, yes, I do it to, we do it to, um, you know, the Chata too. And then my cousin Jessica said the same thing. She's like, we do that. I do that with my brother. Like if
1: I called up my brother, which I did, like if I had called him up and said, Hey, did you remember to call your dad today? I wouldn't say, I'd say, did you remember to call dad?
5: Today? No, you wouldn't say his dad. You would say your dad. Yeah. So you like, would say, Hey, did you call my dad today? No,
1: I would just say, did you call dad and assume that he knows which dad I'm talking about? No,
3: we do say, I say no. my or your. My, yeah. Like Look, yesterday, it's my like, hey. My grandpa's calling you. Hey. Yeah, I'm my like, it's, my, it's my dad's holiday. Celebrate it. Call him.
1: I wasn't bluffing about the rock news. We do have a lot. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just we wanted did, we a quick have a explanation. Okay. I didn't mean to fall down that
4: rabbit hole. Our bad.